Okay, I've resumed the selected. <laughs> Welcome to the WAN Show! Hey! We've got a great show for you guys today, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That's right, this is an episode of a podcast that will not get pulled down by big tech. <laughs> Because, I thought you weren't going to bring it up. Because it will not have any misinformation in it. Well, it might have uh, misinformation maybe. in it. I can't guarantee that. Yeah. Lots of great topics this week, guys. Apple's peak performance event product announcements were many and actually exciting. Uh, Artesian Builds, who generated significant controversy last week, has formally completely pooped all over itself and the bed and the floor. So we're going to get through that. What else we got today? We got Windows on a Steam Deck. What? Maybe. Windows on a Steam Deck? Yeah. Well, where, where, what do you look through to see? A, a door? A door? A wheel? A wheel. <laughs> well, what one has more? <laughs> Doors or wheels? Okay. Who knows? Also, LimeWire is back. What? Whoa! Yar, har, fiddle dee dee. Being a pirate is a... Except this time it's worse. Now, this is not fair, the Ryan. The Ryan asks in Float Plane Chat, mm. is it a great show if every show is a great show? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because it's relative to I don't know what it's relative to. I was going to say other shows, but I don't know. Their other shows are probably better. Uh, <laughs> let's jump right into our big topic, which is Windows on Steam Deck. Now, yeah. I was actually expecting to get Windows support for the Steam Deck before we did our initial hardware review, right? So that was way back, like over a month ago. I was expecting Windows drivers. And Valve kept saying, oh, we, we have them but we can't send them something, something, legal review, something, something, oh. something. Okay. Sorry, we we can't give them to you. But, but apparently there were working drivers, which makes sense because while there was obviously a lot of work to be done by AMD and Valve software teams, particularly I would think AMD for something like a closed source Windows driver, I mean, these were, these were mostly known quantities, right? They're, they're Zen 3 cores, and they're bolted to an RDNA 2 onboard graphics chip rather than um, a Vega-based graphics chip. But fundamentally, that architecture exists already. So they're not starting from scratch, right? Like, they're, they're, there's a starting point that they have to work from. Um, so so I, was, I was expecting it to be pretty mature and pretty fleshed out and i was expecting it to come before our hardware review where we looked at uh we looked at thermals uh we looked at uh performance we looked at acoustics and and pretty much ran all the way through the deck and uh, you know ma major kudos to valve they did a great job of transparency and allowing us to really fully test it even though we were limited in terms of game selection just because the software really wasn't ready yet. And they, they knew that, and that was fine. But they told us that the Windows drivers were going to come. Like, I didn't I didn't just pull that out of thin air. Oh, yeah. well, I am expecting Windows drivers because I am a Windows user. It wasn't like that. They told us they were going to come. Give me what I want. Then, in between the hardware review, so, so we had the lead up to the hardware review. So then we published the hardware review. And then in between the publishing of the hardware review, and the release of our software review, I was expecting Windows drivers again. And when I when I shot the software review, 
I, it was actually the morning of my family's ski trip to um right i don't know what yeah. it's called anymore but it used to be called hemlock mountain and we were going there and basically i had to shoot it then because i kept putting off and putting off and putting off starting the software review because valve kept sending just they kept inundating me with software updates and i was still expecting a windows driver so I went and I did like I played on it. I used it. I, I did spend a lot of time with it. And I, I wrote down a lot of thoughts. I threw a lot of things at the page, but I couldn't write the video because I couldn't tell the whole story because I hadn't like if they were going to drop a Windows driver on me two days before publication, I was going to have to have like a big section comparing Linux to Windows performance, for example. Like if I'm if I'm supposed to say this is the software review, I, it changes the angle of the video, right? Yeah. What I'm gonna cover in it. So I ended up staying up until seven thirty in the morning, and then I only slept for about two hours. And then I went. I met a camera crew at like the new house because that's where they were set up doing some sponsored thing for Telus already. Anyway, shot the A roll and then drove to the mountain. <laughs> afterward because I had to leave it to the very last second. So again, there was a period of time when I was expecting Windows drivers. Well, they finally arrived yeah, this week. Like yesterday, And right? naturally, we dropped absolutely everything and immediately set to work testing them. And I gotta tell you, you guys are gonna wanna watch the full video because the exact numbers matter and I, I, I don't remember everything off the top of my head, but Anthony and I had a really good meeting about sort of what we want the scope of this video to be because uh, I don't think that, okay. In the state they're in, I don't want to invest too much time investigating oh. the performance differences between the, in, uh, between the NVIDIA, the NVIDIA, between the Linux and the Windows drivers. Oh my, okay. Yeah, so uh, we had a really good chat about what we want the scope of the video to be. And man, did we ever find a ton of interesting stuff going on almost immediately. Um, and then also we had a really, we, we sat down, we did a full script review. We were, I almost never get to like sit down and talk to Anthony about stuff anymore because he hosts so many of the videos that he writes now instead of me editing and me hosting them. So it was actually really nice to sit because we often will just chat about stuff. And, and I feel like we end up with, regardless of whether it's me who reviews it, I think we end up with a better script, a better video, if a second pair of eyes looks at it and starts to you know ask those questions, yeah. right? That yeah. someone, sometimes you're just, you got your nose buried in it. When you're on it for too long, there's certain questions that you've had answered for so long that you yeah. don't really think about it anymore. Or you take something for granted. One of our new writers came in uh, talking to me about a video that we were doing about whether it matters if your GPU is still getting drivers. So we took drivers that have been unsupported for in some cases years yeah and tried to run very new games on them to see well just how far does direct x get you you know can you can you just limp along and probably have compatibility or do you need a game ready driver right and really interesting findings but we went into this whole explanation without having any kind of 
paragraph outlining like a prepper what is direct x yeah or something like that i can't remember yeah. if it was exactly that but we were we were missing some key piece of information I'm like hey you actually can't take that for granted this could be something that you know uh some young kid just getting into pc gaming watches and we need to give them at least okay it might be a little jargony but we need to give them at least a basic explanation of what purpose this serves before we can we can move past it <clears throat> So anyway, I sat down with Anthony and, and we talked through it and boy, is it ever a mixed bag. So first up, good guy Valve providing Windows drivers. Sure, yeah, yeah. They could have just as easily not done it. In fact, it would have been a lot less work for them and AMD because you got to remember, even though these are Zen 3 CPU cores and RDNA 2 based GPU cores, they are bolted together, glued together in a custom SOC. This is a custom chip. So there is absolutely extra work that needed to be done. Compounding matters is that aside from being a custom chip, it has, at least in the PC space, from my experience, a pretty unique um, system architecture. It doesn't have main system memory and GPU memory, right. which yeah. is normal for an integrated GPU, but with an integrated GPU at this kind of performance level, were there unique challenges? Presumably these are challenges AMD is probably going to have to face as they move into uh, their upcoming uh, RDNA 2 based IG, uh, like APUs. Yes, but definitely they could have saved themselves some work and they could have kicked some work down the road, but absolutely. Also, as soon as Valve provides a driver, they will start receiving support tickets. And even if, even if every message they get about running Windows on the Steam Deck, they just send back a canned response that says, we don't support Windows on the Steam Deck, which is their formal stance. Right. They have provided these drivers, but it is not a supported use case. It is still creating extra busy work for Valve Corporation. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And from our experience with it, <clears throat> it could create more support tickets than less. So there's a few things yeah, to keep in mind. One is that not all drivers are available. First and foremost, the Wi-Fi drivers are not baked into Windows. Actually, no. First and foremost, you will not be running the latest version of Windows. Support for the FTPM, so the, the trusted platform module that is required for Windows 11 is not baked into the firmware yet. I do not want Windows 11 anyways. So you cannot, well, remember this is a touchscreen device. Windows 11 has a lot of improvements for touchscreen devices. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you might want Windows 11, whether you are correct or not. Um, that's a whole separate conversation that we're not going to get into today. But so first and foremost, you can't install the latest version of Windows. So you are stuck with Windows 10, for better or for worse. Second of all, when you install Windows, you're going to have to go get some kind of network network adapter or something. Because I don't know if you've had this experience, but Windows installers recently have stopped allowing you to go to proceed past the setup phase unless you have an internet connection and unless you sign into a Microsoft account. There are workarounds, to be clear. Yeah. But for most people, like for the 
is a console. That's the way we have to think about it. To be fair, it. I don't think, if you're looking at it from the perspective of a console gamer, I don't think they're going to install Windows. That's too much of an advanced move. Um, unless there's a game they like really want to play and they find a super basic tutorial to get them through it, they might. If it's a super basic tutorial, it would probably include this portion, though. It might include it, but you might have to go out and buy one. Yeah. Unless you already have a Type-C to Ethernet adapter for your Switch, for example, or something like that. So you may have to go out and get some other network adapter because the onboard Wi-Fi module is does not have support baked into Windows. Yeah. So you'll need a network connection in order to get a network connection. I'm so surprised this networking device did not have support baked into Windows. I know, right? <laughs> okay. Once you're in Windows, you can install Wi-Fi drivers. Bluetooth works, which is great. Valve does not have an audio driver yet for the onboard speakers or for the three and a half mil jack. They are working Ooh, on that. Okay. That's coming. And then there were also some other devices in Device Manager that just were still yellow exclamation marks. We don't know exactly what they were. What they were, yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you try all the different input types and everything? Okay. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we tried Bluetooth and USB-C and they were both Sorry. fine. Uh, thumbsticks, okay. pads on the back. So, <laughs> Windows navigation on the Steam Deck. Oh, boy. Not great. Okay. Yeah. Because the default behavior for the Steam Deck is A is enter, B is escape, and the ability for applications. Okay. So first of all, Valve did uh, Valve does allow a Steam controller to be used as like a, a joystick to mouse device. Okay. So yeah. you can actually use it to move the mouse around. And remember trackpads. Yeah. So you can actually move the mouse around with the trackpad. The trackpads work. Okay. Except when it stops. Okay. <laughs> right? Yikes. All right. And if you close Steam, then... The, the, is it the trackpad? No, the trackpad still works, but the joystick input stops working for the mouse. Oh, no. Or something like that. But if you have Steam open in the background, so that yeah, you yeah. can use the joystick or whatever, and you go to open software like RetroArch, which has controller support, RetroArch will not grab the controller properly it's being used so what happens is oh. even trying to do something as simple as navigating the menu in retroarch <laughs> you try to go back you try to just like go back a couple menus escape escape retroarch is closed oh no <laughs> nice. so it's pretty freaking rough it's pretty rough right now and i haven't even gotten to game performance my expectation was that Compatibility, we didn't test a really broad set of games because, quite frankly, I, I don't feel there was a ton to be learned from that. Like, yeah, game compatibility is going to be more Windowsy. So yeah. if there's anti-cheat <clears throat> software that doesn't run in Linux or that the developer you know, intentionally prevents from running on Linux, because realistically, that's what most of it is these days, as far as we can tell. If, if there's... It's either prevents or it's they haven't taken the action to allow yes. it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, whether it's anti-cheat or whether it's just games that Proton or what's it called? Steam Play now? I, I think so. I forget. Yeah, yeah. Steam Play hasn't caught up to. Um, game compatibility is going to be better. But performance, well, I was expecting it to be, I was expecting it to trade blows. Because we've looked at this before. We've run into situations where Linux underperforms Windows because trans translation can have a cost. 
we've run into situations where uh, the translation has a cost, but Linux is also just like lighter and you end up with them canceling each other out, you get performance parity. And we've even seen situations where the drivers on Linux are better than the proprietary drivers that exist on Windows. And Linux actually manages to squeeze more out of the hardware than Windows. But there tends to be like that back and forth. On the Steam Deck, it was just annihilation in all the titles we tested. Like Linux just ran away from Windows. And some of this we expected, like Elden Ring, for example. Valve has put work specifically into fixing, uh, I think it's some kind of, um, uh, oh man, like texture optimization thing that they've done. Uh, what is it? Compiling this, shaders. And this was like a big issue on Windows to the point where people were saying it was huge, like almost unplayable. At the huge beginning. issue on Windows. Yeah. Um, and so, so what Valve has actually done, it's, it's kind of insane, is they've taken a feature that um, the Elden Ring developers should have implemented in mm -hmm. DirectX, yep. and they've hacked it in as part of the DirectX to Vulkan translation. Very funny, and a big, out the game. a big move, because Elden Ring's freaking huge right oh, now. Shader, yeah, Shader Cache. Okay, um, I knew it was something to do with So what's crazy about it, Elden Ring is so bad that it's it's not it's not as simple as just seeing a new asset and waiting for it to compile. You could even stand in one room and spin around and it'll stutter constantly cuz it's just not caching them. So right, yeah, now I now I remember. To be clear, Elden Ring itself is not bad. Um I haven't played it yet. I actually I started Horizon Zero Dawn on my recent trip and so I've been making my way through that. I have new thoughts on that by the way. I can talk about that more later on the show, but I'm done now. So I've I seen you launching. I Elden keep on Ray wanting to next. ask you to play Halo, but I'm like he can't. I can't play Halo. I'm playing I'm, I'm Steam Deck only right now, man. Yeah. I I I honestly I have used it almost zero as a desktop though because I I have I I I said it's not for work and almost all of my desktop computer usage has been work, so I'm just Happily gaming on my Steam Deck, sort of. I'm gonna talk about that later. Ooh, okay. So it was it was a bloodbath, though, which really surprised me because on paper, the RDNA2 graphics on the Steam Deck were terrifying for competitors who are stuck with Vega graphics right. yeah, yeah. on their own Windows-based handhelds. But then those guys have Windows-based handhelds. But the thing is that Maybe that's if the, you were able to, if the Steam Deck was performing up to its expectations, though, it sh it should be better than those Windows first handhelds running last generation GPU technology. That might be interesting because that might actually keep a space carved out for those other devices. Because if like, I don't know, if Valve is gonna make it better. Well, the thing they... is, it's a proprietary driver, so should it mostly be down to AMD to make it better? In that case, though, I don't know if AMD has much pressure on them from Valve. Yeah, maybe AMD has very little motivation to make these anything other like, than if, usable. If they're straight up saying, like, we are not supporting this, then what, what's, the, what's the pressure on them to support it better? You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty so, much like, nothing. It might just not get better and if so then then at least those other devices have a space which is kind of cool yeah and valve has said that when the full steam os 3.0 installer launches they will have support for dual booting so maybe that's just a price they're willing to pay 
there'll be a performance hit, but you can have compatibility. But we took the safest possible path for everything rather than pushing the performance to the bleeding edge because we expect you to do the vast majority of your gaming in SteamOS. Yeah. Having the ability to dual boot on there would be sweet, actually. Now, I have uh we get into this in a bit more detail on in the video so you'll you'll still have to watch it haha <laughs> got him but i want to talk about doing the majority of your gaming on steam os a little bit actually no first i'm going to talk about how there are other interface issues with the steam deck like the fact that it doesn't have a task manager or a control alt delete button the quick access menu button doesn't do anything. It doesn't have a task manager? What do you mean? Like it doesn't have a task manager button. Oh, so if okay. you're like stuck okay. in a full screen application and it and it hangs. Just turn it off. Your SOL, plug it, go find a keyboard, <laughs> plug it in and press control alt delete. Like you, <laughs> you're stuck. A lot of the Windows handhelds will have a show desktop button or some, or uh, like Aya has a software interface that you can bring up to slide over top of full screen apps and you can like, assign Some way to force and... yourself out. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like it's, it, it's made to compensate for Windows <laughs> goof ups, right? <laughs> so, so the one not built for Windows doesn't have that system. Yeah, yeah exactly. Funny. You're you're gonna have these problems, so we're ready for you, right? <laughs> All right. Which isn't to say that running SteamOS on a Steam Deck is necessarily a flawless victory, you know, perfect experience. Yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn is a verified title on the Steam Deck, and man. I was blown away. I think I'm running at medium 800p, like 7, 1280 by 800, yeah. uh, getting like solid 30 FPS, uh, playable, you know, playable. I ran into a weird issue where like aim assist is enabled, but I swear it's not working. <laughs> like I, as far as I can tell. And that game, I think I talked last week about how tedious a lot of the encounters were. Okay, if you don't hit the exact weak points on these fast-moving enemies, it can be like a controller snapper it, it, in terms of difficulty. You really don't want to snap that controller. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I think a big part of the problem is that my auto-aim was not doing anything. <laughs> Which raises some questions. That might for make me. sense because I know you brought that up, and I remember thinking, like, I don't think I really had a lot of trouble with that. But yeah, it's probably because the aim assist. It's probably because something about the Steam Deck or the Steam Controller is showing up differently oh. to a normal like X input yeah. input device or something like yeah. that. So that's interesting. Uh, Defiance uh, says Horizon Zero Dawn is not a hard game, Linus. Tell you what, you go play it. You go fight a thunder whatever, a thunder jaw with a controller with no aim assist. I'll wait. I actually I got significantly better. I was playing Doom Eternal as part of a, a another video today. You're so much better on the Horizon, and I'm like way better with the controller <laughs> now after spending like 25 hours in Horizon Zero Dawn. That makes sense. I like people keyboard and mouse people will talk all the time about how aim assist is like cheating, and it's like okay, there's maybe some arguments there, but using a controller without aim assist is just horrible. Yes. So like I yeah, you gotta have it on. Yeah, Thunderjaws aren't that hard, actually. Yeah, I, I know. It's no problem if you can start knocking off components. And if I was on a mouse and keyboard, it would be a non-issue. 
The problem is that I'm on a controller and any controller is going to have subtle dead zones. So yeah. when you're like leaping for bullet time and trying to like make that really small adjustment for that, you like jumped it, 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 yeah, it can be, it can be, it can be very frustrating. Uh, anyway, where, where was I, where was I going with this? Right. First five hours of the game though, solid 30 FPS, great experience. You know, the, the noise bothers me more than it did in the review. The, just the whine of the fan, like Yvonne was even asking about it. I'm sitting there in bed playing Horizon Zero Dawn. And she's like, what's that noise? Yeah, it's the Steam Deck fan. <laughs> um, I spent most of my time pre-software review with earphones in, but I've actually been using speakers with it now more just because circumstances have dictated that that's been that's been sensible. And I'm, I'm, finding, the I'm finding the fan kind of annoying. Basically, under half volume, it's pretty overpowering. Hmm. After about five hours in, I started getting all manner of weird issues. And I didn't think to whip out a camera and record any of it, unfortunately. So Anthony's asked me to replicate it. And the, the, the good and bad news is that it's going to be real easy. Because at first, I started running into these issues like after two continuous hours of gameplay, where I would get stuttering down to like one FPS Yikes. for 10, 30 seconds at a time. And then it would like, like, like catch up. Oh, it does the like fast forward thing. A little bit, not quite. Okay. Yeah, especially if it was a cutscene, it would be like, but like, not all the time was accounted for. It was very strange. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wouldn't miss anything, even if it was only a short. I don't, oh, I don't know. Yeah, super weird. Okay. Uh, I saw I saw game crashes, just hard crash, hard crash back to back to Steam interface. I even saw black screen device unresponsive, Steam button does nothing, quick access menu does nothing, long press power button, full reboot is the only way to solve it. And the problem for me is that those, as I got into the late game, started to come up every 20 minutes or so, which is pretty bad. Everything from worse stutters to completely game breaking, like progress losing issues. Those are the worst. Was happening so frequently that, I mean, I told Anthony because he hadn't had that experience. He only has benchmarked Steam Deck so far. So I was I was contributing that to to our video today, and and I told Anthony like it's it, it, I have gotten more game crashes in my playthrough of Horizon Zero Dawn than I've probably had with every game all combined in the last five years. Yeah, like I get so many crashes. And again, this is and I know you're reviewing the Steam Deck, and this is a verified title and all that kind of stuff. But this is why I stopped playing it on PC. Really? Oh, so you had a lot of crashes in that game on... Yes. Didn't they mostly fix that, though? Maybe. Got it. I've heard that they have from the community. I have not gone back and tried it since. Um, I will at some point, because I really want to eventually like beat that game. But um, yeah, it, it was crashing so hard on me on Windows that I just like refused to keep playing, because I kept on losing progress, and that right. just roasted oh, me. Oh, that, I, I hate yeah, that. It's, I think everybody does. It's just Absolutely the worst. hate that. Uh, someone said 25 hours is not late game LMIO, LMAO. Uh, for the first five to eight, I was doing a lot of the side quests, but honestly, I, I figured out what was bothering me about the game so much. They've built this incredible world. They've done all this world building and it's populated with all of these Muppets. 
Yeah. Like almost everyone you talk to, like if you turn if you turn off the uh, the quest indicator that just takes you straight to the person you're supposed to talk to, you've got all these unique looking people that just repeat the same dozen pre-baked i'm sorry i have nothing to talk to you about right now so not having that indicator on is just an utter waste of time (laughs) so it it's this enormous world full of all these settlements and cities that has absolutely no life it has a little bit of uh first game in a series syndrome uh like i used to talk about this with assassin's creed a fair amount where the first assassin's creed game is like a really cool uh proof of concept right there's a lot of things that are like, yep, that should be a lot better or a lot more fleshed out or whatever. And then you get Assassin's Creed 2 and it's like, oh, okay, sweet. Here we go. This is what we actually wanted. Um, and I have a feeling that uh, Forbidden West, like I've, I've heard from a lot of people that these types of problems that you're that you're mentioning are fixed or better in in forbidden west um so i i think it's i think it's a lot of like they built this massive new world it's a it's a similar game to some other games but they do they do a fair amount of things uniquely and it's yep. a new ip and all this kind of stuff so certain things are not really all that fleshed out so after that first like five to eight hours i just got really bored of samey side quests and realized that you don't need to grind at all yeah. Because there's almost zero leveling up progression anyway. That's, so I just started chasing the main quest. And that's a better. weird problem with modern games. Is some modern games, if you don't do the side quests, you're just like screwed. Yeah. And then you have to go back and do side quests, which feels horrible. And then there's other games where you don't have to do side quests at all. And they like kind of aren't very good because they weren't designed for you to do all of them. So then you're like, oh, this sucks <laughs> when you should have just been doing the main quest. It's yeah, it's kind of weird. Ran into that a few times recently. So I have experienced a ton of instability and it really raises questions for me about the QC that's going into verified games. Right. Because I have no (laughs) doubt that if I was Sony, right, I would be not that happy to have, you know, my name flash up as a splash screen on this verified title on some verified console like you think about how defensive companies are of their image yeah i mean the this they verified also badge horizon zero dawn on windows when it was just like a broken piece of trash that's fair but so, they fixed it apparently maybe yeah yeah people in the chat are saying yeah it was a joke at launch but it's been it's been good i played it recently and it was fine okay um so i so there's definitely sensitivity around your product being badged as works perfectly by someone else and then it doesn't and then you're kind of going okay because it's absolutely they will get messages about it oh hey why is your game such a crashy buggy mess on steam deck it's verified what did you guys do yeah someone will yeah and i just i feel like i feel like with how many titles valve is verifying they might be going a little yolo and a little rubber stampy because my experience with Horizon Zero Dawn was that I went five hours in with not a single hiccup. And then after that, it basically got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So they probably didn't, you know, test it all that much. So they probably didn't like, Thoroughly. never mind play testing it. They probably didn't play the whole game. Yeah. And you can't, you can't expect. It's a, it's a fair amount to ask. Yeah, you can't expect, you know, 20 hours in every game or even 10 hours in every game 
uh, for Valve to just, you know, be a charity like, now and you contribute need, that time yeah, to was, third party developers titles. I was just going to say, now you have like whole game studio level QA departments just sitting there and playing games. Right. <laughs> That's a weird thing for Valve to hire at this point. Except maybe they should. Yeah. Are they a console manufacturer now? But I don't think console manufacturers do that. That's I, on the game developers. I'm sure they contribute some QA on their own. I mean, Nintendo made the uh, like Nvidia style, where certified... they like inject employees into companies and stuff. Oh, I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that they contribute to QA. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. So I'm I'm antsy for mine, dude. I still don't have an email. You can put Windows on the Steam Deck. But right now, for a variety of reasons, it looks like an utterly terrible idea, which I think (laughs) I think you nailed it earlier when you said, well, the silver lining, I guess, is this creates a small opening for those smaller companies that are trying to compete in the handheld PC space. Hopefully, actually, that small opening is bigger than what already existed before the Steam Deck came into play because Steam Deck is bringing so many eyes onto this medium. Mm -hmm. Because I think a ton of people didn't know. Or if you saw one, you'd think it was just a gimmick. Yeah. But now there's like this mainline thing adding a bunch of legitimacy to the space. And if you're like, okay, yeah, but the game that I want to play is Halo Infinite or something that isn't on Linux. And then you see, oh, there's a Windows option that actually looks fairly highly reviewed, yada, yada. Maybe they'll get it. Yeah, it could be. I mean, uh, actually, I haven't checked. I and Neo next. I haven't checked in on their Indiegogo, um, and I haven't heard from the, I haven't heard from the CEO lately. They've uh, they've got 382 backers and they raised three quarters, uh, 700,000 Canadian. So that's about 550 US, just over a half a million dollars US. So yeah, not bad, not bad. I mean, I guarantee you it's not Steam Deck numbers, but it's not bad. No. Yeah. Uh, Chino Chibi says Nintendo seal of quality is worthless. I. Th- think it is now but when it they used to be primo when they first introduced it it was a big deal it was one of the things that nintendo did to set themselves apart from just the gaming crash that took place before the nes yeah. took hold uh, which was to keep low quality repetitive crappy games off of their platform they even uh they even enforced a limit to how many games a publisher was allowed to submit per year just to ensure that they wouldn't just shard out Get more flooded. games. Yeah. 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 Try to make it up in volume, you know? And they would even, it wasn't even just technical validation. They would even offer gameplay suggestions, say like, hey, you should do this and you should do that if you, if you want the game it, to be better. It used to be really intense, yeah. Yeah, I that I, I don't know. People used to talk about it like pretty often. Yeah. I, I, I haven't heard it brought up in forever. I don't know anything about it now. Yeah, me neither. Uh, we should probably bring up merch messages as well as the yeah. new feature yeah. that we are launching on LTT Store. So we don't have any new products this week. So still the cable ties that we talked about last week. Lots of different colors. These are actually selling really, really well. They're a way better deal than they used to be. And there's a ton more variety. Also eco-friendly packaging. But I love the packaging. what we're doing this week is announcing... Actually, you know what, Luke? You should announce it. Because your team worked on this. It's the bonus bin made by the same guy that made merch messages, which Woo! makes sense. Uh, but if you add something to cart, 
Uh, you can now see the bonus bin I'm sharing thing you. at the top. Oh, yep. Okay, sweet. Um, and there's a kind of what is going to be a rotating set of things that you can decide individually uh, to add to your cart for free. In the past, I believe you guys had sticker packs. Yep. Um, now there's two different sticker packs, the 2021 one or the 2022 one, and the GPU Wasteland postcard. Um, the postcards currently says post dot dot dot, so we should probably have some word wrap there or something. But um, yeah, it's there. It's cool. Uh, we're like I said, we're going to add some rotating stuff in the future, so there'll be new things that show up here, um, and you don't have to add it if you don't want it. But it's just a cool little thing that you get for free. There's stuff in here, uh, and there's stuff planned to be in here in the future that are like not necessarily cheap from some people. Um, like yeah, you, we're going to do, yeah, do pins and stuff. Yeah, yeah I want to do pins. Are like, that's not a small item. So yeah, maybe check out the bonus pin. I can tell you they don't cost much. So anyone who's charging you a ton of money for a pin is... I uh, see them go for like 15 bucks. I'm not into pins. But there's people that like collect like tons of pins. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah. I mean, I'll happily charge $15 for them. Do you guys, do you guys want them in the bonus pin? Or, or should I charge $15 for them? Because I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. I can tell you there's a I lot of margin no in it at $15. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I just I just know I've seen it for like around that amount. But yeah, bonus bin, super cool. Um, check I, out. I would strongly encourage you guys to uh, do the GPU Wasteland postcard and then send it to us. Our address yeah. is on Google Maps. And the idea is that if people get these, color them or otherwise decorate them and then send them back to us. Uh, we want to decorate a wall in the new creator warehouse space with these GPU Wasteland postcards so we can all remember the glory days of 2020 to 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe glory is not yeah, the right I was gonna word. Yeah, say that's a little, uh, you know. Um, I was gonna say, I the thought glory I days. The, hey, there you go. Um, but yeah, it should be good. $15. Let's go for 50. Indeed. Indubitably. You should have you should make like one like pure gold pin. Yeah. <laughs> like we'll make it a loot box so you won't know <laughs> yeah, you won't know if you're going to get like a, a a tin one or a gold one. Uh, people jokingly bring up in float plane meetings every once in a while that we should have loot boxes for emotes. <laughs> so it's just a random a random emote. <laughs> Which is horrible. Mm. Just completely terrible. Um, but yeah. Why don't we talk about Apple's peak performance event? Well, should we do a couple of merch messages? Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Some curated ones. Hi, Linus. I have to get all new network gear for my house. Long story. And we'll soon get 10 gig internet. Really? That's uh, That's intense. Okay. That's really intense. I'm considering Ubiquiti's Unify ecosystem. Do you have any gripes or regrets with your system? Are there any alternatives you'd recommend? We've been pretty happy with Unify gear at the office here, and that includes everything from their access points to their switches. We have definitely run into some speed bumps, but it should be noted that... Apparently, the Square APs that I got way back in the day were just notoriously awful. They were like the worst product Ubiquity ever made. And so the fact that I, that was my first Unify experience was I picked up three of those and tried to, you know, do up my house. And it was just, it was, it was terrible. I remember that. <laughs> and I ended up going ruckus after the yeah. fact. Um, 
So I've had some bad experiences, but a lot of it has been caused by us often using early access Unify gear where the hardware is baked, but the software is not done yet. So yes, we've run into issues, but man, when you want bang for the buck prosumer network gear, what would you, I mean, what would you compare it to? You pretty much come, to, come down to ubiquity. Yeah, Microtech is pretty sick if you're, if you want to get down and dirty and you want to, you want to get nerdy. Um, other than that, like what? Like most of the big guys these days want subscription fees for everything. And Ubiquity is still providing a lot of the same software and monitoring and tools, but there's no subscription. You just buy the hardware and you get access to that. So yeah, I would say I would say Ubiquity is a is a an 8.75 out of 10 recommend from me. We actually just rolled some new Ubiquity gear between here and one of the new satellite offices. Right. We were up on the roof, okay? But we are getting uh, greater than gigabit speeds. Between the two. And sub one millisecond latency <laughs> accessing machines that are in a completely different building on the same LAN. That's so we don't get any of the security and overhead issues involved in doing like a, a VPN from one location to the next. No, like no, no encryption is, overhead. Is this a static installation? Like you're leaving it there? Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. just straight over the air. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm really excited. That's awesome. Super cool. Uh, <clears throat> oh, what am I looking at here? Oh, click to view more. Oh. Oh, there's a new interface here. Uh, oh, Landon. Everything, including gaming hardware, is getting more expensive fast. With things like Steam Deck and laptops getting more and more powerful, what does an entry-level setup look like in five to 10 years? Will gaming desktops eventually die out? I mean, that was part of the idea behind me daily driving the Steam Deck for a month was to find out, is this handheld, which realistically has hardware in it that would have been gaming laptop grade only a few short years ago, good enough to daily drive. I think. Are we already there? I think even if it's just for one day, like it's a portable device, you should use it at work as your work computer. Yeah, it's just a lot of software crap to figure out to use for one day. That's probably fair. I just, I feel like, have you done like any actual personal computing on it? Has it just been games? I've only gamed. Yeah. Like, I feel like you're going to get to the end of this and have done no personal computing. And that's like a pretty important part of. Well, what's my boss going to do? Get mad at me? I just mean, I'll just extend the video. I'll extend the challenge another 30 days and I'll like force myself to do it if I feel like it. Okay, I mean, well, don't and do that because you got to come back and play Halo. At some you, point. You've seen how stuck on Horizon Zero Dawn I've been lately. Yeah. I mean, I'm like constantly in there. Yeah. And I feel left out because every time I'm on Steam, I'm the, the, the bottom right hand. Caltain is playing Elden Ring. Burnt Banana is playing Elden Ring. Everyone's just, I haven't played it yet. Everyone's just playing Elden Ring. Everyone's playing Elden Ring. And I'm like, I picked I picked completely the not trendy open world game to play. No. What? I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I, I think it's entirely possible at the price of the Steam Deck. It's the best computer you can buy for $400. Hands down. Yeah, yeah. I'd say go for it. Absolutely. Especially because you can't even get a desktop computer with a GPU in it for $400. Yeah. Hey, Linus, asks Joshua. 
how did the Twitch chat is awful thing start? And why be so mean to Twitch viewers? Well, that's actually a really interesting story. And to answer it, we kind of have to go way back to before it was Twitch TV. We have to go all the way back to when it was Justin.tv. And rather than being a game-focused site, it was actually more focused on like uh, bootleg live shows and uh, sporting events. Yeah. And um, pretty much everyone was toxic and awful. And I made the astute observation that as a community, they are toxic and awful, and um, they never changed. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Twitch chat, I love you. You're awful. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good, I, I love you, you're awful, is a wonderful way of saying that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twitch Prime, by the way. Uh, also, any updates on backpack screwdriver or short circuit hoodie? <clears throat> no, I have no updates other than soon. Soon. Uh, we'll do one more, and then let's jump into the Apple event. Zlitzkasla. No idea how to pronounce that. Whoa. Been watching for years. Love your hot takes. Oh, thanks. What do you think about hardware VPNs slash decentralized VPNs? Saw a video from Unbox Therapy, and I'm not sure about the privacy aspect. Ah, yes. I saw that video from Unbox Therapy as well, and it's something that's been on our radar. That. Basically, what it is, is the idea that I think I pitched to you on WAN Show at some point. I either pitched it to you on WAN Show, or I've talked about it internally, like, oh, wouldn't that be a really cool way to do a VPN, where basically everyone is um it's kind of it's like how yeah everyone's a node and it's kind of like how windows is our windows it's kind of like how microsoft is rolling windows updates now where you contribute to the network to make sure that you know okay say luke and i live in the same apartment building rather than him downloading off of a microsoft server in redmond obviously that's not typically how it would be that microsoft would have the files cached on a data center closer to to luke but rather than pulling the files out of a data center he would just grab them in as few hops as possible from a nearer node like me in order to accelerate download speeds as well as reduce latency and overall internet congestion it's actually like a win 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 to have multiple nodes for downloads rather than centralized servers in in some cases like we've seen situations where a major gaming launch has dragged the internet down to a crawl and that wouldn't have necessarily had to happen with a decentralized file distribution system like uh like bit like BitTorrent for example um so the product that Lou was taking a look at was pretty much the idea that I had talked about before where instead of being for file distribution these nodes were for um, internet access from that location. What's really cool about this approach is that by contributing a little bit of your bandwidth, and many people have unlimited data plans these days, by contributing some of your bandwidth and some of your both download and upload speed, right? Because the traffic has to come all the way through, you are gaining access to other users in other regions who are contributing their bandwidth to you so that you can access services and uh, and websites as though you are from that region, just like a VPN would. But what gives it a big advantage over a traditional VPN is that service providers are constantly trying to block 
VPNs from accessing their services. And there's a hundred reasons that might exist for this, whether it's uh, authoritarian regimes that don't want access to outside information coming across their borders, or whether it's companies that have complicated licensing agreements that allow them to display content in one country, but not in another country because the internet doesn't exist <laughs> in their worldview. Um, there are lots of reasons why they will aggressively pursue these users who are accessing their content from another region, uh, because in some cases it can open them up to serious legal liability if they are found to be not doing their due diligence to enforce the terms of their license. And so there's this constant game of whack-a-mole where VPN providers are trying to find ways to use safe, non-blocked IPs that are registered to that region. and Service providers are trying to find ways to play whack-a-mole and ban IP blocks that are associated with these VPN services. And it's at the point now where a company like Shadow Tech, you remember Shadow Tech? They had like gaming servers are they still around? in data centers. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they, they were for a while anyway. And then they had a whole like insolvency thing. But Shadow Tech um, had the challenge of trying to find a way to get there. Like they actually had to work through services like Netflix to get their IP blocks unbanned because it got to the point where service providers just basically said, okay, we're just going to just block list every IP that's associated with a data center because any commercial VPN service that is running out of a data center is going to be on these IP blocks. And really, there's no reason that, you know, some cloud server for some infrastructure is going to need to watch movies on Netflix anyway. So the fact that there were consumers using these, these data center IPs was a challenge that they had to solve. And it was as simple as getting Netflix to allow them. They were just, they just had to demonstrate that it was not inordinate use coming through this IP, which is pretty trivial for them to detect. Like, okay, you know, five people or whatever the amount they allow per account or could not possibly be watching this much Bridgerton or whatever, right? <laughs> um, and where was I going with this? Right, right, right. So the advantage is that by having all of these nodes, it becomes extremely difficult to play that game of whack-a-mole efficiently, right? to just mass ban anything that could possibly be associated with a commercial service and move on to the next thing. And because theoretically, if the network gets large enough, that traffic could be spread out so much, it would be, it would be really hard for them to even detect it through like a brute force method, like looking at how much use is coming through it and, and, and blocking that IP. Now they could get aggressive and start trying to, to, to block everything that they suspect is a multiple user, but they'd end up irking a lot of customers. And now that Netflix charges so much, you don't want to you don't want to create friction with your legitimate paying customer, right? So any overly aggressive attempt to curb undesirable behaviors, like hosting a VPN that other users are tunneling through, yeah. runs the risk of causing people to cancel your service, which doesn't look great on your you know quarterly revenue reports because you're a public company, right? I mean, there's a lot of places where there isn't really ISP competition. That's that's fair, uh, especially in the states. But I meant for Netflix, people could yeah. cancel that service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's not a good look. Yeah. Um, Winter says just use a PIA static IP and generate a new one each month. 
that service that PIA offers, if I recall, does it cost more? I can't remember. Uh, but that service that PIA so. offers much, is difficult to maintain. Finding new, especially IPv4 IPs these days is not, well, it's easy, but it's not cheap, yeah. is, what yeah, I will, yeah, yeah. is what I will say about that. I don't know. There's, there's... So the downside. Yeah. All of your internet traffic is going through some midpoint that you do not control. Kind of same vice versa on that coin. Theoretically, theoretically, there's a bunch of internet you are encrypting it before yeah. it goes through. But my understanding is that there's no way to encrypt what comes back to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, almost everything is HTTPS now. Like it's there's still some that isn't though. You're right, especially like government like websites, which I find very funny. Um, low level, like uh, municipal government websites, I find a lot of them kind of still aren't. Um, I don't know. I I've read some stuff that apparently like certain uh what what are they called deeper or whatever uh deeper network apparently I don't know I've read some stuff on this I I wasn't prepared for this topic so I'm sorry um but I've read that they're they're looking to being more open about certain things not that they've necessarily been notably closed off about certain things but they're they're interested in being more open about certain things like it's it I don't know it could be very interesting it's a little sketch though in my opinion. I'm going to maybe invite a surprise guest to the show. Let's see if he picks up. Uh, hey, Dan, you're... Um, wait, I forget. Is it Dan or Danny? Dan's good. Great. Um, you're on the WAN show, so you're, you're live right now. I was talking about how IPv4 addresses are getting, I won't say difficult to obtain, but certainly expensive to obtain. And we've had some people in the chat kind of saying, well, they can't be that expensive. Uh, you know, surely, you know, you could afford them easily, Linus, but I remember the last time I talked to you about this being just utterly blown away by how expensive it was for a block of IPv4 addresses. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to kind of give us the, the latest on that. Yeah, it's about 50 bucks US an IP right now buying in bulk per IP. And that's up from a year ago, about 24. And that's, that's you know, finite resource rapidly depleted and... The price is raising by almost 100% a year. So you're saying that if I wanted to invest, instead of Vancouver real estate, I should actually buy IPv4 addresses? You could. You'd have to get an ASN and, you know, be an ISP and then get a RIN to let you have an allocation and then you could go buy them, but you could do that. Okay, but you'd sort that out for me, right? Sure. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, thanks, Dan. Good chat. I guess we haven't talked in a long time, but that means the service is working well. So that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Good to hear. No, no problem. Linus. All right. Talk to you later, man. Yeah. Have a good one. Okay. Bye. Um, that, that's ITEL. Our ISP is amazing. Um, I don't know if everyone gets the same kind of service, but I can literally call up their CTO <laughs> pretty much whenever I want and ask them stuff. Uh, so they've they've helped us do some really really cool stuff with our connection. We pay dearly for the service. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure how much sense it's going to make forever. Hopefully he doesn't watch this because Telus now has two and a half gig residential connections. Just like bombed a couple of those. 
<laughs> probably fine. But anyway, the point is, yeah, 50 freaking bucks. Yeah. This I mean, we is have a to, lot. We have to get IPs for Floatplane, right? So It's a lot of freaking money. Yeah. And that's bulk. Yeah. Do you, oh, do you know cost, how much we pay through Floatplane? Because we're buying at much lower volumes than them. Uh, I, I mean, I could figure it out. Yeah, it's okay. Don't, don't, don't worry don't too know much about it. I don't know but, um, oh crap, what was I going to say? Yeah, just everything's getting worse. Like, you, you know, we're working on the, the infrastructure 2.0 stuff. Mm -hmm. Servers that we want to get for that, like, it, when we first started working with OVH, you probably even remember this, I would procure a server and it would be up in like minutes. Super fast. Some of the stuff that we're getting now is like, we're getting them to customize the hardware and stuff. So yeah, that's going to take a moment longer. Yeah. But like you expect, okay, maybe, you know, tomorrow or something, right? Now it's like, hmm, not sure. Might be done by the end of the month. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man. Hard, like everything in that space is just getting so rough. It, it makes sense though with like, I mean, we've had chip shortage for going on for so long now and so many things are going online and the online space is just massively exploding as it has been for years. So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting how much the internet has changed even in the last 10 years. Because like, yeah, sure, it's existed. But yep. the amount, the the degree to which it's ubiquitous at this point is... It's web 3.0 now. Oh. It's the metaverse. <sighs> Have we talked about this on the show? How painful is it for you? Someone who Just participated in WoW Classic, like WoW Vanilla. I shouldn't say classic. I should say WoW Vanilla. Sure, the first one. Yeah, um, yeah. Like in a big way, in yeah, the community of yeah. WoW Vanilla. How painful is it for you to have <laughs> what you did and lived through over 10 years ago co-opted into a marketing <laughs> term that for something like, that makes no sense and it's been driving me nuts I, I i don't know if we've talked about this too much i know i think i brought it up on wan show before but what is it i don't know it's not anything <laughs> how are you how are you just talking about this you're like oh yeah we're gonna work on the metaverse what is it what's the metaverse because it's not one thing that's been the crazy thing for me like yeah facebook is making something sure but not everyone's just going to use Facebook's thing. So then it's not one thing then. <laughs> like, what? what are you doing? Oh, man, it's driving me nuts. There's no, like, centralized one service. And no one's ever well, going to be... Facebook wants to be it. It's not going to happen. And no one's ever going to be cool with that. You think <laughs> Microsoft's just going to be chill that, like, Facebook owns the entire metaverse? No. That's not going to happen. I just... God, it's been driving me so nuts. Oh, there's like, there's no, there's, there's one buzzword and no plan at all, but there's so much money being poured into this thing that just yeah. like doesn't, oh, we man. should just change our, our name to Linus metaverse group. Uh, I mean, you could, it wouldn't, it wouldn't and then like go IPO matter. be like, yeah, <laughs> we're working on, we're working on educational content for the metaverse. First we had text, then we had pictures, then we had video. In the future, we'll have LMG content, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you got to just call it something. Yeah, else. it's like choose. It's choose your own adventure. It's information delivery information. in the metaverse, never yeah. been done before. Yeah, yeah, we should do it. We should totally do it. So we we do we do like we do um uh uh what are oh, what are they called uh 
VTuber. We do VTuber Linus. Okay. Yes. And we do yeah. like, because uh, because you can totally do this with animation software. You record the voiceover and it just yep. automatically syncs the gum flapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I honestly, I, I've talked, I've talked about this before. If I was smart, okay, so I would be VTuber transitioning now. So it's a video, but like the whole background is transparency. So it's you're, you you host it on like a green screen, but it's a VTuber, so whatever. But everything yeah. other than the VTuber is a green screen. Yeah. And the green screen is just what's actually in front of you. And so when you're wearing AR glasses, you just have like the little VTuber in the corner. Yeah. And Metaverse Boom. Linus sits and like talks to you yeah. about and then and then we we build a software team like an AI machine yes. learning software team so that you can ask for tech tips and Metaverse Linus will give you tech tips and it's basically bonsai buddy and you can, you can <laughs> <laughs> or now like there's an old or reference like, or like microsoft paperclip so you, you can have like what's that what's that burger place in taiwan that you don't like moss burger oh it's disgusting okay so you can have it so that when you're walking out with your ar glasses what do you think of this you, restaurant and Linus? you look at moss burger linus can be like it's not good you, you shouldn't go there because blah 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 <laughs> Metaverse Boom. Linus. Linus Meta Group. Oh man. I'm but ready. What metaverse? I'm so ready. Oh. Well, it doesn't matter. Because you just raise VC money from people who have more so much money that making more of it is just a game. Like it's <laughs> it's like I remember when we reached a point in our business, and I, I still don't behave like this personally, but when it comes to the business, we reached a point where our budgeting changed. When we started yeah. out, our budgeting was it's based on now. how many dollars and cents um, we have in our bank account. Yeah, That was how we budgeted. And at some point it changed and it changed to Ks. We just, we stopped talking in terms of dollars and we started talking in terms of Ks. Okay, this new salary is gonna be this many Ks and the and you, expected you know, ROI- you know more stages. You go to M's. Um, we're not going to M's. I can I can tell you that, Luke. I'm just saying, some people do. Actually, oh, we do have some M level projects. Yeah, we're we not got, gonna we're we not gonna get there though. We're 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 a K's driven company. Yeah. So we reached a point where it started to become okay. Uh, this is the outlay in K's, and this is the expected return in K's over some period of time X, and that started to be how we thought about things, and for your VCs where it's just, uh, you know, the, you don't actually think about anything in terms of whether you can afford it or not. You're just thinking about it in terms of M's and percentage uplift year over year. It's just like growing the dragon horde, right? Uh, I, there's just so much money flying around that it's, it, it's just, it's, it's kind of one insane. fad after another. Yeah. And it's just, it's bizarre to me. It's like the, it's like the, no one remembers the dot-com bubble ever happened. How, you see the winners, well, I right? I think they won another one. You see the Amazon that came out of the dot-com bubble. Did anybody else emerge from the dot-com bubble? Well, yeah, probably. But yeah. like that. Yeah. No, uh, no I not was, at that I, No, I was looking at, who was I looking at that like still hadn't recovered their dot, it was like a major, major company that still hadn't restored their, their like, like, Fortune Fortune 500, but still were not valued the way they were in the dot-com bubble. I don't know. Like, there's not many companies 
Uh, PayPal, eBay are a couple that people. Yeah, okay. There, there are some that did. It's a emerge. few, but it's like a handful. It's but not, it's a handful. Yeah. The number that went just completely disappeared, with all Huge. trace of any money put into them, vanished in a flurry of Herman Miller chairs on Craigslist. Like, <laughs> what do you want, James? <laughs> you want nothing. He wants for nothing, ladies and gentlemen. I'll have a licorice. Thank you. Oh, I don't want the whole thing. Oh, there's not that many. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I accept it then. You want a licorice? I'll take a single licorice. All right, heck yeah. I haven't eaten on Wancho in forever. Ew, a chunk fell out. This might work. This is great. Perfect. Um, so metaverse, yeah. I it's just. It's actually, it actually triggers me. There, are, there aren't that many things that just can immediately set me off. But whenever I see anything talking about metaverse, I just, I flip. Because like, there's, there's, there's just nothing there. What are you talking about? NFTs. At least like, at least that has a clear, the, like, yeah, it's total BS. But at least it's clear what the BS is tr trying to do. It's horse armor. Yeah. At least you get some armor for the horse, I guess. I don't know. The the metaverse is just like remember the Walmart thing? Was it Walmart? I think it was Walmart. The like Walmart metaverse shopping experience video. Did you ever I didn't see, see that? It. I didn't see it. And it's just like, what is this? Where is this supposed to go? Like, is this go on Facebook? Or is this just another VR application? And if it's just another VR application, why are you calling it metaverse? It's just VR shopping, which is completely fine. <laughs> like, there's no problem with that. That's, I mean, people were memeing on it because it's like weird to shop in Walmart and VR. And it's like, yeah, sure. You know what? I'm not going to defend that part. But like, it's, it's whatever. It's just a, it's a VR thing. Maybe it becomes normal. Maybe it doesn't. Who cares? But it's not meta. Like, why, why are we co-oping this, this name from a book from quite a while ago, which is apparently cool or whatever. I haven't read it, but apparently it's good. And that's fine. But why are we just co-oping this word for, like, something that Facebook is potentially doing, which sounds like uh, Zuckerberg is just going nuts and wants to spend money on something um, and wanted to, like, shift attention from his company getting sued by everyone on the planet to just the stupidest name slash project that has, like, ever existed in the tech space in a long time. I just... Yeah. It actually just bothers me so much because it's nothing. Like, like someone, someone, I watched someone talking about how... I didn't think he was going to go for this long. <laughs> Sorry. I watched someone talking about how uh, Mark must have never played VR chat. Yeah. Because, like, everything that they've tried to show off for Facebook Metaverse is just a bad version of VR chat. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I completely agree. I, I know. Anyways. Sorry, we can go talk about something else. No, I love it. I'm having so much fun right now. I mean, oh. it was already feeling like kind of a Linus heavy episode. And so I was like, hmm. You know what I bet we get? <laughs> Can I set him up? I just, I haven't, I haven't played with Steam Deck, right? So I can't really say a lot yeah, about no, it. I know. Yeah. I know it's great. <laughs> okay. I will defend one aspect of the metaverse to you. Okay. And you have to try not to bite my head off about it. Sure. If they achieve some level of interoperability, okay? So if Facebook's metaverse, where you are, you so are- like crossplay. Sure, where there's a cafe in the, in the McDonald's in the Walmart, or there's a, <laughs> there's a seating area. Stop, stop. 
Okay, so there's a seating area in the, the, the Walmart's McDonald's where you can sit. Stop. Where you can sit. Where you, where you can sit and you can pull up your VR, sorry, metaverse phone and call one of your Facebook contacts, probably your aunt. Uh, <laughs> there won't be anyone young. It's the only reason why anyone uses Facebook anymore. Extended okay. family. And then they appear and you could you and your metaverse avatars could leave. What an amazing there. Place. Okay, you leave there. You go into the Walmart and you help her pick out a TV. Okay. In the metaverse. And then the TV arrives at her house. Okay. If there's some kind of movement between between like these islands of experiences, then it will be compelling. But and you so can the, wait, mark so the my word here was that you guys met at McDonald's and went to Walmart. The movement was the integration between multiple platforms. Okay, so the multiple platforms is McDonald's and Walmart. So Walmart has contributed their layout of their store and their product selection and shopping experience. And McDonald's has contributed creating meetup places. And they have engaged with Facebook to have integration for your contacts so that you can See, meet but, okay. and make recommendations to each other. So this is part of my core problem. But you can mark my words. That will never happen. <laughs> And this is part of my core problem is like what what you're kind of talking about is almost apps working with each other on a platform and Facebook metaverse is the platform. Yeah, but no one's going to let that happen. Yeah, I know. Without having competing platforms. I know. So like, yes, that might be a it's thing. It's going to be smart homes all over again. Yeah. So yes, that might be a thing. Maybe there's going to be competing platforms, right? So Microsoft has one. Amazon has one. Facebook has one. Google has one. Apple has one. Everyone under the Netflix somehow finds a way to insert themselves. Um, whatever. Then there's going to be the the Walmart shopping experience for all of those, and the Microsoft meetup ex or sorry the McDonald's meetup experience for all of those. But you still have people stuck on other uh, metaverses, or you know versions of vr chat whatever you want to call it uh and so like what's the point i just keep coming back to like why <laughs> because we already have this problem where there's okay we have vr but some people are on index and some people are on oculus and some people are on different yeah. versions of oculus so they can't run the same thing and yeah. some people are playing uh beat saber but some people have custom beat saber so they can play custom songs and other people don't and like there's already these problems and it's just going to fragment it even more and developing something for the metaverse doesn't mean anything because there isn't one <laughs> And I just keep coming back to that core problem. It's like, okay, this this app transferability, the, the cross-play, whatever, it doesn't matter because there isn't one metaverse. Chasing Saul says, metaverse is entirely a method of removing money from someone else and giving it to someone else. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, this, this XKCD jump. comic um, is basically it in a nutshell. Some of you guys go, go, Go buy the book. Go buy their book or something, because technically this is their copyrighted comic, and we're being bad right now. Um, but but help help us make sure that they get some money. I don't see a donate. 
I wanted to donate, but I don't see a donate link on the thing. So you guys can also throw in the chat. But this is amazing. This is it in a nutshell. How standards proliferate. Yes. AC chargers, character encodings, instant messaging, etc. Situation. There are 14 competing standards. 14! Ridiculous. We need to develop one universal standard that covers everyone's use cases. Yeah! Soon. Situation. There are 15 competing standards. And that yep. is why the metaverse will never happen. Oh, apparently it's Creative Commons uh, attribution, so I'm good. Heck yeah. Thank you, XKCD. Nice. Go buy their book anyways. Yeah, do it anyway. Yeah. People got to eat, yeah. all right? There's not even any ads on this page. Limit Zero and Full Plane Chat said, uh, just make Metaverse an industry standard of intercompatibility so your Steam VR avatars work in Oculus, etc. No, they they won't. Yeah, but that's the comic I just showed you. Yeah. Someone and, else and the, will want to own the platform. Yes, and the, that's, that's what I'm saying is the people at play right now are not going to allow it to be one system owned by one person and every, all those people at play are going to want to own the system because you're talking about like you were just talking about how we deal in k's you're talking about companies that deal in b's yes these guys want to own the whole thing yes because there will be lots more b's where they came from yeah i mean you're talking you're talking someone who literally is building a volcanic island fortress <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you're talking someone who this is, is a literally scale. going to space yeah. in a giant penis rocket <laughs> for fun. That would be They're trying to race each other. That would be such a fun like Saturday Night Live sketch. Like, guess that billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> just, they just say these like comically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. comically evil things that actual billionaires are actually doing or have done. Deconstruct a historical bridge to move their yacht. Yeah, exactly. Build a new well, island. Well, that's an that's that's a duplicate one now. There's more than one. Oh, the the yacht? No, no, no. I mean, uh, I mean, I was already uh, I already had a Bezos one. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's just so easy. I know, know. he's so easy. Yeah actually looks like Dr. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Invaded a country. Yeah. Oh. Oh. On that note. Oh, yeah. Oh. Sponsors? No. No. Uh, uh, Crosscode. Crosscode is part of the Ukraine support bundle. Where is it? Oh, that's cool. It's one of my favorite games. You guys should gonna, go buy it. This is not... I don't think it's part of the Ukraine support bundle, but I was going to stream... Uh, and then I wasn't able to. Sorry, I was busy. Uh, but I was going to stream Metro because Metro, the Metro series of games is from a Ukrainian developer and the publisher for it is doing this like huge supporting thing. They donated like a million dollars or something. It was it was huge. They did. I think they did 500 grand of their own money and then they did 500 grand of employee matched funds. So I think if you include the employees, it ends up being 1.5 million, I think. But I'm not certain. Okay, Rock Paper Shotgun has an article about it. Where is it? Itch.io. Is it still available? It's itch.io, yeah. Yeah, here it is. Okay, so we're going to throw this in the chat. Guys, uh, there's a ton of games in here. Just It's awesome. One of my all-time favorites is CrossCode. It's a retro-style action RPG. Whoa, I didn't realize how many. Oh, yeah. 992? Yeah. What the heck? Yeah, we're gonna have to wait. Can you can you change your contribution amount? There's got to be a way to change your contribution amount. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll 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 make sure that I buy buy it. Another copy of that game won't hurt. 
and uh, also support for Ukraine can't hurt. They've raised over $4.2 million. Uh, yes, I know they have a new game in the works, uh, Rui Senpai. I'm very excited because honestly, the best way for me to describe CrossCode is it's the game that I would have made if I stopped doing everything I was doing and started a game development studio and was good at it. There's some really legit games in here, by the way. Um, I'm just like scrolling through really quick. Super hot. If you enjoy FPS games, is just fantastic, very unique, um, which is which is good in that universe. There's there's lots of really, really Towerfall is great. Just yeah. lots of fun with the bros and broettes. Yeah. Uh, what else we got in here? Let's let's pick some. Let's have some Linus and Luke's picks here as we as we go through here. Oh, there's Celeste up above. I, I scrolled past it because I didn't know we were going to keep going, but Celeste is, Celeste is very good. But you guys are going to want to come check this out for sure. There's a lot of stuff I've never heard of, which is fine. Makes sense. There's a lot of games out there. But I would buy it for CrossCode alone. Super hot. Also, I think that one's worth the price of admission alone. Have you played Super Hot in VR? I have. It's lots of fun. It's so good. Yeah, it's really fun. Safe cracking simulator? That's probably pretty cool. Might be terrible. Maybe. I haven't actually seen almost anything else that I recognize, but. I don't even care. There's so many that it would take you so long to go through all of them anyways. Yeah. There's a bunch of things in here that I've I've like come across them, but I haven't played them myself. Hi, name. I'm dad. <laughs> How to be a dad in two simple steps. Okay. That seems like it might be a bit of a stretch to call that a game, but I, I don't, again, I don't know. Maybe you just shout out in chat if there's uh, cool games in here that you would recommend people try out. Yeah, for sure, guys. Go have a look. All right. Uh, we should definitely do sponsor spots, though. You're right. Yeah. Also, didn't I say we were going to start talking about the Apple event and we just never did? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we will do that. We will do that. I promise. Thanks to DigitalOcean for sponsoring today's WAN show. Cloud computing can be complex to say the least, but reliable and affordable cloud infrastructure really doesn't have to be. And that's where DigitalOcean comes in. With DigitalOcean, you can enjoy a comprehensive portfolio of compute, storage, database, and networking products that put your cloud infrastructure in capable hands, so you and your team can get back to doing what matters most, building world-changing apps that grow with your business. With predictable pricing, robust product docs, and services that developers love, DigitalOcean has you covered. Get support at every stage of growth, from teams of one to teams of 1,000, with simple, powerful cloud computing. So get growing with DigitalOcean. Go to do.co slash wanshow2022 to get started for free. Again, that's do.co slash wanshow2022 to get started with DigitalOcean for free. Thanks to ShipStation for sponsoring today's WAN Show. The New Year's off to a solid start, but things aren't getting any less crazy. Between growing your business, managing inventory, and juggling orders, you've got a lot going on. So make the switch to ShipStation, the solution that handles all of your shipping needs quickly, affordably, and painlessly. Figuring out the best way to ship your orders can be frustrating and confusing. ShipStation makes it quick, easy, and convenient. You can easily keep track of orders from any sales channel, find the best shipping carrier with deeply discounted rates, and automate just about any shipping task. This means you can spend less time sorting through orders and more time doing what you do best. On top of all this, ShipStation integrates all selling channels into one simple dashboard so you can seamlessly connect carriers, print shipping labels, and get products out the door fast. Over 100,000 e-commerce sellers use ShipStation for their business. And if you use our offer code WAN, you can get a free 60-day trial. That's two months of stress-free shipping for free. 
Save time, save money, and save your sanity by heading over to ShipStation.com, clicking on the microphone at the top of the page, and typing in WAN. ShipStation. Make ship happen. We should talk about the Apple event. Yeah. Okay. I feel like the whole world already has. Yeah. Uh, but in standard WAN show fashion, you get the news at the end of the week. So you too can get a $4,000 computer with Woo! one terabyte of storage, and I think it's a 20-core CPU. <sighs> And 64 gigs of RAM. So that's pretty cool <laughs> for $4,000. That is a pretty special CPU. The Well, the GPU is probably the specialist thing. I mean, NVIDIA and AMD have been trying to bolt together two GPUs with the same performance as a much larger GPU. Forever? Yeah, basically forever. I mean, you could even go back all the way to... Uh, 3DFX, who NVIDIA acquired along with their together. SLI technology. Yeah. yeah, And the M1 Ultra does this by using a silicon interposer that connects across 10,000 plus signals, providing two and a half terabytes per second of bandwidth. That allows... Ultra that, fusion architecture. That is so fast that software will recognize these two discrete chips as one very cool which could just completely change the game pun intended what few games you can play on apple silicon <laughs> no seriously though that's so cool though yeah this no it actually is it's, it, awesome. it's crazy if you guys haven't already uh ryan smith from anontech did uh did a good write-up on why this is so mind-blowing it didn't include any um one thing that i feel like was missing from it hey ryan if you're hi uh, one, one thing I feel was missing was some analysis of previous attempts and how much bandwidth was available between GPUs. Uh, so I would have liked to see him talk about how traditional SLI was actually very low bandwidth. It was basically just for them to synchronize their workload. Yeah. And most of the rendering was actually done or most of the workload sharing was done by having each GPU render an alternate frame, yeah. which added stutter because they wouldn't deliver at an even cadence. And it also added, I mean, it mostly added stutter. It also added inefficiency because you had to kind of sort of know what this GPU's frame was going to be before you could like work on everything. So it was never very efficient. And then stepping it up a tier, you've got interfaces like NVLink, which are, oh yeah, right. So because they were both working on essentially their own frames, they both had to store all data in their own frame buffer. You couldn't combine memory. Then you could step it up a bit and you could go to NVLink, which is high speed enough that the two GPUs can actually pool their video memory, which is pretty sick, but they still can't just be treated as a single GPU, that you can only use them together for highly parallel workloads. Like, you know, whether it's... It's mostly um, non-gaming stuff at this oh point, Oh, yeah. Too. It's all non-gaming. It's yeah. like scientific applications. Yeah. Which is sweet. Like and there's a lot more of that these days. But Super cool. Yeah. But not applicable to gamers. And then you've got Apple creating this, this on-chip, die-to-die interposer thing that is so freaking fast that you can basically treat every functional unit of this GPU as though, or of these GPUs as though they are just one, which is absolutely the coolest thing that came out of the entire Apple event. Because yeah. from my point of view, the Mac Studio itself is not particularly exciting. It's, it's four Thunderbolt 4 ports is definitely not as good from a professional user standpoint as 
the Mac Pro with like PCIe slots for actual cards. We're going back to we're going back to Octopus computers. Why are we doing that? <laughs> 10 gig. Thought it was over. 10 gigs great. HDMI 2.0, whatever that even what means I, yeah, anymore. <laughs> it's 2.0, not 2.1. So okay. I'm glad whoever did up these specs for us. Uh, looks like this was Jonathan Horst, our resident Apple uh, Apple user. Um, so it would be the 2.0 level bandwidth. It's the Big Mac. I love that. Thank you for that, Tato. <clears throat> SD card reader, USB-C ports, USB-A ports. Nice that it's got a couple oh, USB-A no. ports at least. But the M1 Ultra processor is just, man, Apple is just flexing on the rest of the industry at this point. The chip is so big. The performance per watt, if they're to be believed, which so far they haven't been... They've been disingenuous, but I don't think you could say that they outright have lied. Yeah, they haven't been any more M1. disingenuous than like NVIDIA or Intel are. Um, it depends. NVIDIA and Intel both have periods of extreme transparency and honesty. Like when NVIDIA released FrameView, basically giving the entire industry access to the same tools that they use to yeah, but then they evaluate to the products. Just like... Yeah, completely unless. not at all so I yeah yeah that's fair well I, with apple it's a perpetual state okay okay so can we just recognize the glimmers of goodness sure okay <laughs> it's 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 hard for me because i've been personally screwed over by nvidia so hard so many times that i just i uh yeah Anyway, on the gpu side of things they said the m1 ultra is comparable to an rtx 3090 while consuming 200 watts less power in so industry insane. standard benchmarks, which is, yeah, just bananas. It's crazy. But then we saw what AMD's uh, chiplet approach to Ryzen did to CPU performance back when they launched it. All of a sudden, I mean, obviously the first iteration was not perfect. Yeah. But boy, especially if you want to talk power consumption, that approach looks so good compared to what Intel's doing right now with Alder Lake. Alder Lake has the performance, absolutely. It packs, but it packs heat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get it? It's packing heat? Yeah, I got you. Thermals? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the end of the event, Senior VP of Hardware Engineering, John Turnus, mentioned that the Mac Pro is still yet to be replaced. So this is a, a mid-tier, which means that even though Apple Silicon has been, in some cases, kind of a bargain, if pricing on this bad boy is anything to go by, the, uh, <laughs> whew. Yeah. And you came out with an M1 the Mac Ultra Pro, Max, and yeah. it's like four of them Ultra stitched Max. together. Sorry, sorry, I misspoke. Uh, prices start at $2,000. That's for a relatively entry-level unit with 512 gigs of SSD, and the Ultra model starts at $4,000 with a one terabyte SSD. In other news, Apple finally has a 27-inch standalone monitor after many years of not kind of doing their own monitors. So now they've got the Pro Display XDR and the Apple Studio Display. It's $1,600. I was going to say, but you'd think it was a whole computer. Yes. <laughs> Boom, roasted. <laughs> Six-speaker array with spatial audio, ultra-wide webcam with center stage, which is actually very cool, like keeps you in focus as you're moving around. You can get PC stuff like that, but a lot of it is kind of, a lot no, of it's kind of kludgy. Great. There's a cool one we did a sponsored video on that's actually, like it moves the whole camera and actually tracks you shockingly well. Huh. 
It oh, was, is that the one you used when you were at your place with Jake? Yeah. Yeah, th- I remember seeing that and being like, whoa, this is actually pretty it's good. It's like really impressive. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three stand options available. One can choose a simple tilt stand or vase amount. Um, for $400, you can get tilt and height adjustment. It's an A13 chip. Uh, it, like, is a computer. Yeah, pretty much. What the heck? And the <laughs> nano texture glass is available for $300. So that's cool. There's an iPhone SE. Gets an A15 chip from the iPhone 13 and 5G. Uh, no millimeter wave, and it's only 2x2 two two MIMO, so all right, but that's probably fine. Everything else is unchanged, but the camera and battery improvements um, that mostly come from the chip, prices up $30 to $429. Man, that's iPhone SE is just like kind of a killer value. $430, bucks, not bad. And the iPad Air now has an M1 chip like the iPad Pro. Raising everything. more questions about whether the iPad Pro has any reason to exist unless you absolutely need the much larger screen. Pricing is now $600. And other miscellaneous, you can now get a green iPhone. Some people use them as uh, art tablets. Um, so you I think... might actually want the bigger screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, if you... but uh, I said, unless you need a bigger yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah, I think Marquez said it probably best. He devoted exactly 59 seconds to the new colors of iPhones and did it as a YouTube sh- uh, short. Okay. <laughs> that seemed appropriate to me. Yeah. Uh, Apple TV Plus has movies and exclusive MLB games. Man, there are so many baseball games. Did you know they play like 160 games in a season or something stupid oh, like yeah, that? they just pack them in. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's not as like physically demanding as a lot of other sports. They just... Slam them in, because you don't need as much recovery time. I mean, except the pitchers. I'm sure the pitchers get yeah. wrecked. Well, they well they do. Like they, a lot no, of the time, I'm... they won't even pitch nine innings. Like yeah, yeah. I'm, I was being serious when I was saying yeah. that. But like outside of that, it's not as yeah. In other exciting news, Artesian builds. Uh, exciting news. Okay. <laughs> has completely soiled all over itself. Yeah. They became infamous in the PC building community when their CEO, Noah Katz, that's right, Noah Katz, only dogs. Oh. It's not funny. Um, When their CEO, Noah Katz, denied the streamer Kia Pia a PC that she had been drawn for on stream. Which was illegal, by the way. You can't just, like, change the terms of your giveaway, mid-giveaway. So the story is, oh, well, whatever. Under 5,000 on all socials. Nah, you know what? Forget it. Let's just re-roll. Let's re-roll. Um, That's the re-roll. And although Cat's actions sucked, it is the kind of thing where you'd expect them to just put their tail between their legs for a bit and keep cats off camera. Unfortunately, for the 40 to 50 employees that work there, but How they, have I never heard of these guys and they have the same number of employees as us? They, Who is buying Artesian build computers? They popped off. I, they're not very old. If I remember correctly, they started in like 2018 or 2019 or something. Um, they they popped off through just pushing, I, I think, a lot of these like affiliate accounts through Twitch. And they're very like Twitch focused builder, I guess. What? Yeah. They had they had a, a a place where they built the bulk of their computers, which was in the east. That was ran by the former COO. I I know this just from watching like Steve's video. Um, it's a great video. Um, and then the CEO was in the west, and he had a smaller kind of area. They did build computers there. Yeah, it was mostly these stream computers that they would build them on stream and then give them away. But they also built some other computers there. Um, and apparently the COO quit a while back. I don't know exactly when because of uh, clashing differences with 
Noah Katz. Mm-hmm. And apparently the the side of the business that the COO was running was actually, allegedly. allegedly. This is all allegedly. This is all everything here is allegedly. Yes. If you want better information, probably just watch Steve's video. Yeah, sure. Um, but and, and a lot of this is just ripped off from Steve's video anyways, to Sweet. be completely honest. Hi, Steve. Um but yeah, apparently that side of the company was run a little bit more, you know, better. Um, a little more better. That's yeah. how Steve would have said it. And there's been a fair amount of kind of, you know, assumptions that from from employees that worked there and also people trying to look at the company from the outside that Noah Katz at uh, kind of near the end barely even cared and just wanted to work on the Twitch side of things. He just wanted to like get Twitch famous, talk to Twitch streamers, do that uh-huh. type of stuff. Um, pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. The company was very clearly on its last legs because so, it's gone now. <laughs> so this week, the company's bank accounts were frozen with the people in purchasing no longer being able to purchase things. After this, things are bad. Katz essentially ghosted the company for a couple of days. This is all allegedly, okay? I don't even care. Yeah. The company was allegedly investigated for tax fraud. Their Twitter password was allegedly changed so employees couldn't post. Refunds were allegedly stopped for customers. After several days of nearly no communication, the employees were hit with an email saying that all the financial assets are frozen while an outside counsel performs a reorganization and all employees are suspended until further notice. I believe that email included a thing saying like, hopefully we'll be able to bring you back if we figure things out. So if you have recently bought an Artesian Builds PC and you do not have it yet in your hands, you need to call your credit card company and get a charge back now. now. Yeah. Huh. This is all crazy. Through all this, allegedly, Katz doesn't seem to grasp that he just caused 50 people to lose their jobs and employees feel like he saw the company as more of a cool sandbox instead of like a company with real people working for it. Cool sandbox to make him Twitch famous, to be clear. So yeah, if viewers of the WAN show are currently hiring people with PC building experience, yeah. um, maybe maybe kind of reach out. There might be some there might be some PC system integrator experienced people out there who are looking for work. Uh, Steve, we got a quote from Stephen Burke uh, from Gamers Nexus. Stephen Burke. The thing, the thing that's really troubling about this one is just how absolutely idiotic the collapse of this company was. <laughs> wow. Uh, and this is in the comments of the video. An employee allegedly said, uh, working for this company was so rewarding when you weren't talking to Noah or working with Noah. So sad that so many staff lost their jobs. I hope my colleagues can find comfort elsewhere. Uh, a Bradshaw. Yeah, or Abby, I think. I don't think it's Abe, but yeah. Yeah, really rough. Um, talk about going out in a ball of fire. Yeah. That was that was pretty wild. Uh, Steve talks in his video about like how this was really bad, but probably fixable by any like reasonable company. Yeah. Make a proper apology video. Yeah. Find a way to kind of fix it. Say like, we're going to spend some time working on making sure that effectively this never happens Thank you again. for your feedback. We have taken it seriously. Just give her the computer. Yeah. Like, immediately when this started gaining any momentum, you needed to be like... That was super stupid. Here's a computer. That I am was so sorry. That was super dumb. Our bad. Yeah. You can revise your giveaway rules going forward. Fine. Right? Like, I, from a business standpoint, I... I 
also personally do not see the value of you know having giving someone like thousand dollar computers yeah to... giving away thousand dollar computers or multi thousand dollar computers to people who are not going to generate thousands or multiple thousands of dollars in profit because right like at the end of the day marketing has to have I, some kind of a return on investment. I can understand some of it because they're trying to get all like new up and coming streamers to start yeah. working with them. They're trying to like right. buy out all the up and coming streamers and there's a cost to that. Yeah, but they try okay, they tried to they tried to offer it to her. The problem is that they should have done it right away. Yeah. Like right away. Problem is Jay and was honestly, on it. Jay By was the on time it I even so knew fast. about this Jay already he built had, the computer. He had already, yeah, exactly. I was Immediate like, reaction. That was fantastic. Wow. And and to be honest, he just straight up insulted her and like made fun of her. So she probably just straight up didn't want. I anything. actually didn't watch the whole thing because it was just kind of painful to watch. It's really it was, rough. Like really stupid. Oh yeah. Okay. It's it's. Oh, well, that's fair enough. Um. So like, yeah. I mean, even if they did reach out to her, it's it would be something that would be difficult to recover from. But it's. I mean, it's possible. You pull Noah off camera for an extended period of time potentially ever yeah but you just pull him off camera and you go like yeah that was extremely bad we're working on fixing this whatever i mean people have been making apology videos and then recovering from it for years now it's not exactly a new thing um you thank jay i mean that would be an interesting way to go yeah be like it's cool that the wow that's a next level move yeah it's cool the computer industry like has each other's back so much i'm really unhappy that this time we were on the wrong side of it, but I'm happy to see that. Or you like, you replace Jay's computer or something like that. You'd be like, hey, Jay, or, you know, thanks for, thanks for that. Do you give this away yeah. to your viewers. Sure. Yeah. Something like that. You try and turn an L into a W. Yeah. You know, you could just, you take two L's and you, you make just, it. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, it would have been rough, but like, you don't expect that issue to just delete your entire company of 50 employees. Yeah. within a week or whatever it was, right? Honestly, like, really you know, right. I'm looking at this going, wow, you can make a system builder with that kind of momentum just by having a few people watch you build computers on Twitch? Well, I should make a computer company. <laughs> well, maybe wanna. you can't. It's kind wanna. of the side story, right? Because it sounds, I mean, they weren't able to do business in California. They were being looked at for tax fraud, all this kind of stuff. So like the the company was on the company was limping. It, it might have been better when the COO was there. Everything right. I've been finding is that all the all the people were <laughs> much happier with that person, um, and maybe the the company ran more. Uh, what is it called? Flushed when he was around. I don't know, um, but yeah, yeah. Okay, that's another one. Steve is is helping the employees. He's getting them all to reach out to him, and I believe he's trying to find like system integrator companies that are hiring people so he can try to help them get jobs and stuff. Steve's being really cool about all of this. Um, so that's, I mean, that's awesome. And if you are yeah. watching this and you're an employee there and you somehow haven't already heard about that, uh, reach out to Steve and. I'm sure you have. Yeah. I'm sure they have as well. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's very, it's not even unfortunate because it's not fortune that caused this. Well, it's unfortunate for the people. It's who unfortunate for there. the employees. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully they, they land on their feet. Oh, man. Here's some big news. AMD asks motherboard manufacturers to remove overclocking <laughs> options for the Ryzen 7 5700X3D. So we've been talking for years 
about how companies aren't your friends. So and when people have been bringing up like AMD are the good guys, it's like Meh. it may be a little more nuanced than that, Luke. I don't. I mean, think it probably fair. is. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This will be the first chip out of AMD with their 3D V cache. Okay, so it's got way way more cache than we've seen on AMD CPUs in the past, but it seems like it comes with a bit of a catch compared to the regular 5800X. It has lower base and boost clocks, the same price tag at launch, and currently no overclocking. So Tech Power Up verified the rumor posted on video cards, and AMD is refusing to explain why the chip can't overclock. Uh, and I don't believe that they have given any indication as to whether or not it will be unlocked by the time consumers can actually get their hands on these things. So basically they sent this note to manufacturers, 5800X3D, eight core, 16 thread, 100 dash part number, 105 watt AGISA uh, PI1206B1 slash 28. Please hide Vermeer X CPU OC BIOS setup options. To my knowledge, even motherboard manufacturers haven't been given any explanation as to yeah. why overclocking is blocked, but it seems like this massive 96 megabytes of level three cache probably has something to do with it. There has to be, there has to be something that AMD is trying to protect in this chip by not allowing users to overclock because they've actually been pretty cool about overclocking for the most part. Every Ryzen's chip has been unlocked. There's a bunch of people in full plane chat saying AMD bad now. That's not what I was trying to say. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying they're not your that, friend. That no, always no, been company, bad. <laughs> no company is your friend. <laughs> not not friend. bad. They're just, they're in it to win it. And win it is your money, not your feelings. Yeah, 100%. Unless your feelings lead you to want to give them your money. Yes. In other news, LimeWire is back. Hey, sick! Two Austra, uh, two Austrian, sorry, two Austrian entrepreneurs bought the rights to LimeWire, and they're launching a new company, LimeWire GmbH. Oh, Paul man. and Julian, not going to try to say that last name, uh, spun up the company. They think it'll evoke nostalgia for millennials and Gen Z, which I'm sure Gen Z, I don't think so. LimeWire was dead by the time we were in high school wasn't it i can't imagine gen zers being too nostalgic about limewire um but yeah like very early high school for me limewire was super gone yeah or you'd like go over to your friend's house who's not very computer savvy and they'd still have it and their computer yeah. would just be wrecked because yeah. of all the viruses and it's just like oh okay that's why um like are you sure you don't want to use sherry as a <laughs> or whatever yeah uh the the platform will be used for NFTs. NFTs attached to music, content, and artworks. Using LimeWire, you'll be able to create, buy, and trade NFT collectibles with ease. You can join a wait list, I guess. They have a roadmap, I guess. Our discussion question written by Nicholas Plouffe is, why does music need NFTs? It doesn't. Because music evokes emotion, which evokes Sales. Opening your wallet. Hey, hey, there good it is. Reference horse armor. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. We all know what happened to the Wu Tang album. We don't want that to happen again. I want to hear from you guys. Flow plane chat. Are there any Gen Zers in there that have any nostalgia whatsoever for LimeWire? 
I seriously doubt it. I'm trying to remember what the what the order was of like the main the main file sharing. So it was it was it Napster Z, first. Napster was legit. Then you had Kazaa, I believe, came after Napster. Sort of at the same time. And then but after, yeah. Sherryaza was like a fork of Kazaa or something like that, if I recall. This is all completely from It's been a minute. Like teenager me's memory. Um and then I thought LimeWire was in there somewhere. Yeah, Gen Z never used LimeWire. Yeah, I used it, but it wasn't an emotional experience. <laughs> <laughs> Roasted. Roasted. One person said I do. Looking, I guess Gen Z started mid to late 1990s. That's way. Yeah, that's way too late. Like they would have been actual children. Yeah. At this point. Yeah, you must have been pretty young if that was nostalgic. I'm borderline Gen Z millennial, and I got a lot of viruses as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I feel like dealing with viruses is like, was much more of a thing back then. It's funny. Uh, Jaden's like, I'm on the edge of millennial, don't remember it after elementary school, which is so funny to me because using your parents' computer wasn't really as much of a thing when I was in elementary school. Oh, yeah. Right, like for sure. Yeah, I, I like I wasn't. Why? Why? I'm I'm sitting here going, oh well. Why would an elementary school kid be like allowed on the internet? I'm, oh, okay. A lot of my friends in elementary school didn't have the like internet. It, it wasn't until I'm trying to think. <laughs> like no joke. Man, did I have? I don't think I had internet when I lived at my dad's place. Exactly, that's my and point. That was yeah. up till '97. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, like later elementary school, like in grade yeah, six, like, it was it was quite common. Yeah. But I, I, I specifically remember like grade three, grade four, like a lot of people didn't have. Yeah. A lot of people didn't have the internet. Crazy. All right. Aging ourselves a little bit. <laughs> oh, this is great. Did you do millennial? You haven't heard Three Doors Down Kryptonite without hearing all the screeching beeps. Remember when they used to seed corrupted files yeah. into the into the file sharing networks? Yeah. That was so awesome. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. The file you're listening to is available on what like Universal Music. <laughs> oh man, I remember that. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. It's been a long time. There was Nutella. I never used Nutella. I don't remember that one at all. Codependent says, holy shnikes, supposedly Emule still works? Oh, no. We should do some, uh, we should do some, I almost said super chats. We don't do those in here. Uh, we should yeah. do some merch messages. Yeah. Gianna says, hey, Linus and Luke, you said you'd like LTT store to be sort of a lifestyle brand. Besides mm. more plain slash stealth items, what are some lifestyle products you envision for LTT store? Well, I mean, well, I, the, the screwdriver backpack. There's the women's clothing doesn't... Ha I guess that's plain. That's okay. still clothing. Yeah. Uh, we have... It said um, stealth, and I was like, there's no logos. We have yeah. puzzles coming. Hmm? So that's cool. Like, basically, we just don't want to be constrained I mean, by traditional merch. There's the... I think there's only one right now, but the kid products. Yeah. The book. Yeah. It's pretty unique to have a book. Yeah. Yeah, so we just, we just want to make things we want to make that we think are cool. Rachel says, hey, Linus, by now I'm sure you've seen the suggestions for Anthony to have a channel focused on Linux. Do you have any plans for that? Um, the problem with, so uh, we're getting into like business talk now. The problem is that if I have one Anthony, 
And that is the number of Anthony's that we have here at Linus yeah. Media Group. Yeah. So I've got one Anthony. I'm trying to clone, okay? but it's hard. We've got this chessboard, right? Anthony's like the queen or the king. You've got one of them, okay? And so they can only do one thing at a time. And I could take that Anthony and I could assign him to work on things that a million or two million or five million people will watch and learn from him. Or I could assign him to things where... 30,000. 30,000 or 50,000 people might watch and learn from him. And Anthony might really enjoy what he's working on, but in the interest of the greater good, both to us and to the tech community, should I put the Anthony in front of as many people as possible working on high-profile projects? Or should I sideline Anthony into a niche channel that will never grow beyond a certain ceiling? So what you're saying is we need to get more writers to the end of the board. Um, and then they become Anthony's. Mm. I don't know if that's what I was saying, but I guess it's chill. That's where that's where I'm at on it. That's yeah. where that's where I'm at on it. It's uh, Anthony is great, but I think that uh, a channel focused on Linux has a ceiling, and I think that it's also a community that's pretty well served. Like, why are we oh, why yeah. are we going in and trying to to take over someone else's there's deal? Like almost a disproportionately large amount of Linux creators. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of content out there. With Mac, for example, we saw a unique opportunity for ourselves as sort of the the not butt kissy Apple coverage, right? And but but that still, you know, we we want hosts and we want writers that do love the products and love the yeah. ecosystem, but are not constrained in any way by having to have a relationship with Apple. We will just buy Horst anything that he needs, so he never has to worry about that. So we're we're untethered in that way, which is cool. And I saw that as a differentiating factor. But for the Linux one, I just I just don't see what it would be. Uh, so just goes, I feel like Anthony could work on a Linux video once or twice a month. Do you have any idea how long it takes to make a video? Once or twice a month would be like 40% of his output. Especially if it's twice in a month. Like, no, no, that no, no, no. Uh, Kushal. Been watching since USB sticks killed servers, and that guy was Ooh. called Slick. If you could bring back one failed product or company, but make it successful, what would it be? Oh, man. I want to say Engage. <laughs> I, I wish, I wish oh. Nintendo had had a competitor in the mobile gaming space all these years. Case Labs. But Case Labs would be pretty cool. No, they're not back. Someone bought the name, but I think it's like not back yet. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it will be what it was. What else is what else has failed? I can't think of a ton, but my knee jerk was case labs, but I can't I'm trying to think of things that have failed that I actually liked. A cork says Zune. Yeah, yeah. Oh Zune software was awesome. Yeah, that's fair. Zune software was so legit. I wouldn't PS want to Zoom Vita. right now, to be honest. But Zoom software on my phone could be interesting. La Saga says Vita. Yeah, Vita would be would be very legit. Man, what a missed opportunity that was for them to just make Zoom the primo streaming platform. Oh yeah, people would have people would have installed the crap out of that software. Oh for sure. Man, Microsoft for a company that is so big and so successful, Drops so many balls. Like 
Man. Yeah. If you ever wanted to sell out on NFTs, you could always NFT the early badges on the forum. That's really funny. I didn't really think about that. We kind of did an NFT sale. What? When we did the contributor badges on the forum. How was that an NFT sale? Well, it's like people just buying the rights to use an image that anyone could copy as like um, a badge on their on their user account. No. Well, no, I know it's not an NFT. I just mean it's, you're just buying not, digital that's artwork. That's not how it works, though. No. Oh, that's true. It's because it's a function on the site. Yeah. So you actually cannot just put it there. Yes. But okay. we, don't, we don't care if people download the image. That wasn't, that wasn't the point. But, but hold on. NFTs, if you set them as your profile picture on Twitter, do actually but integrate with the platform. It's not a profile picture. What is it? I forget. It's not a user interactable area of the website. Well, okay. It's an award that you get. Oh, you are splitting hairs. I don't think I am. I actually completely disagree. This this is not, no user can just do this. You can't like, because on, on, okay, so you get a hexagon around it and everyone makes fun of you because you have a hexagon picture on your Twitter profile. So whatever. That's the only difference on there. You get a hexagon or you don't. But no one gives a crap and they just make fun of you if you have it. On the forum, it's it's a non-user interactable section. It's a badge holder area. You can't add things there. You can't subtract things from there. They're just there if you've earned them or purchased them. I think it's got a pretty similar vibe. You're buying digital artwork. You're not, though. Well, you kind of are. No, you're not. Well, you're bu okay. You're buying rep, like you're you're yes. buying you're flexing. Yes. By buying an image, a hundred percent. Yeah. Then it's the same thing. But you're buying you're buying an award. The image part doesn't matter. The image part was actually so bad that remember we drew some of them in paint and tried to make them intentionally bad. Wow, the chat is very divided on this. Wow. Some of it was artwork, Olenik. I mean, some artists created it. And also, uh, I did some hand-drawn ones yeah. that were very expensive. And yes. they were intentionally awful. Um, and it's just one of them. But yes, you, but, but theoretically, you an NFT is just one. But And anyone can download it. And we knew that from the start. But no one else can add it as their badge on their profile. That's true. Ryan Carson points out that it can't be resold. Yeah. So it's worse than an NFT. Yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not an NFT. That that's like that's like saying skins in video games are NFTs. And it's like no. I think they are they certainly be, precursors. That's why I keep bringing up horse armor every time we talk about it because it's paying actual real actual money for intangible pixels. But it's it's a lot of NFTs even though they they don't have exclusivity built into it at all because you can just mint more of them. Like it's literally part of the whole idea. There's literally artists that have just minted like 50 of one photo and they've been like, whatever. Um, they, they come with an assumption of exclusivity. Game skins do not. It's just a thing it's, that you buy. It's an art attribution that you buy. That has nothing to do with NFTs. Right, but in the same... So game skins, whether we're talking game skins or whether we're talking a badge on the forum, the scarcity is determined by the provider. But you can't just say anything in the world that has a scarcity element to it is an NFT. No, but I'm not, I'm not saying it is an NFT. I'm saying it's very like one. Okay, okay we're going to let the community decide. I think Luke and I have both had an opportunity to make our cases here. <laughs> is Stropple actually going to work this time? I don't know. It's been Hopefully. pretty broken lately. Yeah, so I've dropped it in the float plane chat. I've dropped it in the Twitch chat against my better judgment because those are all the <laughs> toxic AF. 
JK, love you, Twitch chat. And I'm dropping it in YouTube now, which moves so fast that I can't even begin. No, one, no to... one's going to be able to click on it. I got to wonder, you know, YouTube chat. What's up? We don't talk much, but um, the reason is that it moves so fast that there can't possibly be any meaningful interaction in it. So why do you guys bother? Why do you type? Yeah, the, it's, I, I saw an interesting conversation about it because we're, it was like a comparison of a bunch of different streaming tools and like um, the value of slowness was part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And Twitch chat, there, there's just as much interaction in Twitch chat, but Twitch chat loads in like chunks. So you'll see a bunch of messages and then it'll go and it'll take off. But then you'll see, they'll sit there for a sec. Yeah. You'll be able to read them. And then they'll take off again. And then YouTube is a continuous thing. It's actually much faster, which makes it unreadable. Uh -huh. So it's almost good that the Twitch version is slower <laughs> because you can actually interact with it even though it's so fast. Well, three quarters of the community agrees with you, but I realize I actually kind of phrased the question. You put the, you put the question wrong. Yeah, I kind of asked the question wrong. I'm going to um, take this W anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome. But you, yeah, you just you said it wrong. All right. Um, fine. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> Back to merch messages. I should just I should just sell out and sell NFTs. No, man. I should just sell out and then buy a Hawaiian island. You should just you should get, you should get like one of the creator warehouse people to draw like a poo, and then sell it for like a million dollars. Well, that's exactly it. It'd be just hilarious. See if someone actually buys it. <laughs> Does it make it better if you openly mock it and sell it? I, we decided, I think we talked about this before and we decided no. No. It doesn't make it any better because you okay. are still cynically taking advantage of someone else's belief that it will appreciate in value. Someone will end up holding that bag and that bag is full of turds. <laughs> Oh, that that's an NFT collection that I don't think has been made yet. Bag of turds? Yeah, and each bag is like unique. <laughs> so when you buy it, you get a picture of what kind of turds were inside it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. boy. That's rough. Yeah. All right, back to it. From uh Braden. Love the show. Currently looking for a new mouse, my old MX Vertical broke and i wanted a better mouse for gaming preferably ergonomic any recommendations oh boy um brayden if you liked the mx vertical um i don't know what to recommend you because i definitely did not jive with that's the a, mx vertical it's a weird mouse it's a weird mouse can i show your screen uh yeah sure here one sec oh i already did it no it's fine okay it's cool. just loading there we go yeah that's the vertical so, so suggesting a different mouse than the vertical is like kind of tough. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for writing into the show though, but I just don't even know where to begin. You're sharing yours oh, now. Whoops, wrong screen. Uh Robert, why do screens have a minimum brightness? I get the max, but why can't I turn it all the way down to 0%? That is a wonderful question. And it has to do with the way that screen brightness is modulated. So uh, whether it's PWM modulation, which used to be more common on earlier LCDs and was good because it allowed you to effectively go down to zero brightness just by pulsing 
the um the power to the backlight more or less often um but had the drawback of flickering uh and st or strobing like it was it was annoying and could give people uh mild side effects like headaches or whatever the case may be so now we use dc modulation or and it's not really modulation at that point we use dc control so we adjust the voltage being provided and the reason that you can't just keep taking the voltage down to zero is that electronics have a minimum voltage that is required for them to, to run, run yeah. now i would love to see some innovation um around something like um uh nd filters for example oh like interesting so we have uh lenses for example in the studio where there's there's two nd filters that you can uh counter rotate to allow more or less light to pass through and they are mostly transparent in terms of not not coloring the light that passes through them i think something like that would be an amazing way to achieve uh lower light output but maybe that's just something that could be an accessory for a product like a, like a portable handheld gaming system or, or something along those lines. But the reality of it is you just can't turn the voltage lower and lower and lower because eventually you just won't be able to drive the screen. Off. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next one was from Kyle. He said, would you ever consider doing a collab with the guys at NASA Space Flight? It'd be super cool to see the camera robotics and networking they've developed uh, and use for rocket launch tracking and live streams. Uh, maybe petabyte build for them too. Yeah, we, we actually have a contact at the Canadian Space Agency now. Do we really? Yeah. He reached out saying like, I can't join full time, but we would be interested in like consulting or helping with labs interesting um so i mean that could be cool I yeah that's super know. cool i mean we yeah we're down to collab um it's i think you guys overestimate the simplicity of making a video about sciencey stuff like that yeah it's kind of a challenging thing to make engaging to an average viewer and we're at yeah. a point where ltt can't upload a video that only appeals to a hundred thousand people that is not sustainable for our company everything we upload has to at least appeal to a million people so whenever we do something that's like holy crap look at this thing there has to be enough that is relatable to our um to our consumer our predominantly consumer audience if you were able that, to check out like the control center at houston i think that might be transferable enough yeah, you, but okay, the problem with that is that you'd have to have complete enough access to it Oh yeah, that you're able to make a compelling video. Which might not be possible. If they came in and they were just like... You get a standard tour. Here's this room. What does that do? That's classified. Yeah. What does that do? Classified. That's not a video. There's no yeah. video. Agreed. So that's one, of the, that's one of the ground rules that we have anytime someone brings us in to do a... Uh, a piece of content about something that's more industrial or more enterprise is we basically go, okay, look, it's going to have to be unfettered. If I ask you to pull up your, uh, you know, your, your raised cable management floor, you say, how high, how many tiles do you want removed? If I say, I want to crawl around in it, you say, when will that be? Like it's, we have to be able to come in and do our jobs. Did I ever tell you about, uh, remember when I went to 
You probably don't. Um, but I went to IEM, Intel Extreme Masters. Yes, I do remember that. And wasn't that where you beat up that girl in like Mario Kart? No, that was oh, uh, that was PAX. Nope. That was a specific Nintendo event. Was it? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. He's an uh, awful person. <laughs> I really. Ugh, people, I'm not going to go over that story. But um, <laughs> uh, no, we 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 were able to go backstage, and we wanted to, we we were going to make a video of the like. Oh, that's right. Of the the big like uh, video wall or whatever, or like uh, some display or networking. It it was the the control center, how they manage all the incoming streams and how right. they like mux it all together to send it out to people. Right. And, stuff. and we made a video back there, and the what what is it? Yes, ESA or something? The ESEA? I'm not is sure. ESEA, the company that like runs the. I think it's ESEA. ESEA. Oh, I think it was. I don't remember the the company that was running the tournament. Yeah. Um, they saw the video go up. We're like, what? <laughs> because Intel was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. And then just got us back there. And then none of the people that were there were like, this is a problem. Because I was clearly being escorted by Intel people. So they were like, I don't know. But the people that actually owned that section, which was not Intel, were like, huh? And it ended up all being totally fine. Right. Uh, and but it, there can be very sensitive information, right? Yeah. And um, Fostapego over on Twitch chat says, that's right, I agree, but Linus uh, put it in a way that sounded pretty bossy. Huh? Well, yeah, I did. Because if you expect oh, me yeah. to come in and do my job, which is to make your thing be interesting. I think it was the how high part. Well, got a little... that's the answer. Don't tell me how to do my job. I've been doing it longer than you. That's the reality of it. And so if your goal is to have PSL. me come in. Yeah, yeah thanks. Uh, if your goal is to have me come in and make an interesting video, then you have to facilitate it. It can't, it can't, you can't be blocking me. We're on the same team is pretty much what I'm trying there, to say. There and I've potentially be certain things, but it, there needs to like. I'm reasonable. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. But that's the reason that I specifically said that this is really challenging when it comes to industrial or enterprise applications because it's not immediately relatable. Like making a video about, say, for example, an enterprise storage appliance, okay? Making that interesting to a million people or two million people is not simple. And it's not something that's necessarily intuitive to the kinds of people that work in PR or corporate communications for a company that produces a product like that. Especially if you can like only look at it from the outside or something. Exactly. Yeah. So if I show up and I'm like, hey, I want to see the backplane. And they're like, no, sorry. And I go, okay, I need to open the chassis. And they're like, no. And I kind of no go, video. well, I need to see the cooling system. And they go, sorry, we can't show you that. Right, then you're basically asking me to come and do my job while you put up obstacles that prevent me from doing my job. Yeah. Right? So they just want a bad advertisement at that point, but they don't even realize it would be bad. And that's it. So they just want an advertisement. It's like, no, it has to be interesting. Exactly. Exactly. There's nothing that grinds my gears more than someone who expects me to come in and produce an ad for them. Like, no, this is a give and take relationship. I need content. You want content. Let's work together is the point that I was trying to make. And so when it comes, 
HP had a San years ago. Right. So when it comes to creating obstacles for me, no, I don't tolerate it. I just won't go. I'll say, look, these are the terms. You have to, you have to be open with us. You have to give us access. We have to be able to climb up on a thing if that's what we need for an interesting shot. You got to accept that. And if you don't, then have someone else do your do your corporate tour video and no one will watch it because there's a reason people watch what we do and they don't watch that because that's boring. Yeah. I'm not going to go in and make not boring content because I can't upload that. That's the way it is. Yeah. Uh, we've got some more merch messages here. Jason says, my 11-year-old wants to create YouTube videos. Any recommendations on where to start? Gear applications, etc. Your phone. Your phone. Your phone and some free or cheap video editing software on your phone. Because the first thing any 11-year-old needs to figure out is if they're actually passionate about this or if they're going to do it one time and forget about Not it. Not even that. There's, there's extremely successful... Many million views per video, many million subscriber channels that work exclusively off of iPhones, like straight up. Robin5693 asks, Linus, what if there's a safety reason you're not allowed, like a radiation area? Then the next thing I'll say is, okay, I want to see the control center for the radiation control system. Or something. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. You have to give me something. And like you said, it's be reasonable. It's a visual medium, right? Yeah. And uh, Negev says... Um, Oh, wait, why was Luke escorted by Intel people? Because you just are. When you're in a restricted area, you need an escort. That's normal. Like, uh, it's, not, yeah. it, it's not that we don't understand how the world works. It's just that a lot of the time, the people working in these jobs don't understand how content works. They don't do it day to day. They don't get it. They watch the video and they go, wow, that's a lot of views. And a lot of the times, they just haven't even watched any of our actual content. Like, I've shown up and... They didn't realize that I was going to start taking things apart. And I go, well, did you even know who I am? Why did you even call me? You know? What are things? Which is fine. I don't expect everyone to know who I am. It's just that if you went to the trouble to fly me here, I figured you might. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nathaniel, are there any videos you regret making? E.g. ASMR build guide. Well, that's certainly one of them. Uh, I regret that WAN show where I was like, crypto will never be a thing. <laughs> it's going nowhere. When the guy bought the house. Oh, there's a lot of takes on WAN show that I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm sure there's a lot of takes on WAN show that we probably regret. And there's a lot of takes on WAN show that also like end up, ended up becoming like prophetic statements. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, videos you regret making. Man, that WD sponsorship at Computex that first year was pretty Oof. rough. Yeah. So we inked oh. a deal with, it's all people who aren't there anymore, so I feel like I can tell this story, but we inked a yeah. deal with our WD rep, man, were we ever, we were scrappy, we were desperate back then. The deal was they would be our sponsor for Computex, but on every day of the show, we had to make a separate individual video from the like WD booth. booth. Oh. And there was like getting one video out of the WD booth that year would have been a struggle. It would have been really tough. I remember because that, that was the that was the first show that I did kind of on my own in regards to hosting stuff. And I remember like feeling kind of cheesed because you just dumped all the trash on me. 
Um, That's but BS. Then, but then I also remember feeling so stoked because I didn't have to do any of the WD videos. I did all the WD stuff. <laughs> and it was, was like so time consuming because they always wanted so to rough. bring some director or VP to talk to me about stuff. To- Brandon and I would cruise by you guys, see you're doing something, go film a whole video, cruise back, and you had like not progressed very far. And I knew you were faster and more efficient than me. So I'm just like, oh my goodness, this must be really rough. I made an entire video. This is amazing. I made an entire video about the stupid hard drive inspired car that they had in the booth. Didn't you specifically have to make that one too? Yes. You had to make it about the car. Yeah. I wanted to just integrate the car into like other something else. Yeah. Content. I remember you specifically telling me that you had to make a dedicated video just about the car. And I was just like, what? oh no like it was kind of neat in that it's all like yeah, kind of sure. uh inspired by actual hard drive components like these are uh the actuator arms and stuff like that so it's like neat but man and some some of the like art projects that get made for shows there were not five videos no. worth of things in that oh six six hold on how long were there six days six oh. days Holy crap. Yeah. Um there okay. Oh, this this reminds me of something we uh we regretted making so much that we never made it public. So Oh oh no. Okay. Are you sure you even want to go over that? You guys are Oh no. So Oh no. One of the one of the like industry Computex traditions for better or for worse i'm using the word better very charitably here not better not better um is it's a bit of a different culture over there i guess i would say i mean this used to be a thing in at western shows as well oh for sure i mean it's still a thing depending on what western show you go to that's probably fair like I went to a car show not that long I'm ago. I'm sure it's still a thing at car shows. Boof babes were definitely still a thing to use the, I, I, in my opinion, slightly derogatory term, but I need you guys to understand what I'm talking about. And that's the only that's word I really generally refer to. The only really word I really know for it. Um, but we, we were like, oh, okay. Should we do like a, a booth compilation that includes like the, 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 the the presenters at each booth because it's pretty typical at Computex for them to have people that obviously don't work at these companies that in some cases are definitely not wearing enough clothing and we were just like many this is the cringiest thing ever and it doesn't matter if this is a thing that everyone does we're just not going to participate in this was what we ultimately decided and I'm extremely glad that we never uploaded that yeah like extremely glad i could not be more glad that that did not happen it was just it, it, it would have been one of the yeah go ahead computex was the only one because again there was there was booth babes or however you refer to them i genuinely don't know if there's another name for it i don't know um ces it was pretty big there there yep. was some at pax but it was not very big there um but at computex computex was the only show that i knew photographers went there purely to take photos of them yeah not to cover anything to do with the show other than the the booth babes and that was that was like a 
big what the heck moment for me. Time for our next uh, merch message. Jason, when you released the Stealth Pins shirt, you did a golden ticket design for something like five shirts. What was the design and what did the prize end up being? Did everyone claim their prize? Promotional model. Okay, sure. Uh, Promotional model. Thank you. That is the the PC term. Yeah. Uh, What was the design? What did we do? It said something else on it. What was it? Sorry? Oh, oh, I think we gave away CPUs. It was the CPU uh, Stealth Pins shirt. And I think there were different letters in it yeah. or something. Or the pin. Yeah, like because diff- it's LTT. It spells out LTT oh, kind of yeah. subtly yeah. Uh, on the normal ones. And it was something else for the special ones. Um, and I believe everyone claimed them, but that's a question for Nick. I said, here's your budget to do a giveaway. And then it was off my desk. Anonymous asks, how easy was it to swap out the SSD in the Steam Deck? Actually, pretty easy. Uh, We haven't upgraded our Steam Deck SSDs yet, though, but we will soon. Valve has really good guides for how to do a fresh install on it, so it's no big deal. Uh, Aiden. The next question uh, from Aiden is, would you consider doing a What's in My Bag video with the release of the LTT backpack? What if that was... We were talking today. I didn't end up being able to have that meeting with Nick. Uh, for other reasons, but we were talking today about like how we could make the product pages unique, and I mentioned videos. What mm. if that was the video for the backpack? You yeah, like I think a that'd tour be great. through the backpack with your stuff in it. But that could just be a channel upload. I think that the one on the product page should actually be More we're technical. we're talking about doing maybe for the first time ever pre-orders on a product, and uh, screwdriver and backpack are obvious candidates for it because they've been such cash sinks. And so we're thinking about uh, doing like special content for the page. And um, Luke came up with the idea of doing like product tours of the prototypes, uh, kind of like a Kickstarter video. But actually, I'm kind of imagining it with like really crappy production values, just like me in a room. You might even film it. Slick the cameraman. Sweet. Um, We'll just show it off. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yes, we would consider that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't think what's in my bag is very interesting, though. I have a pretty boring bag. I like the, the, little, the little pouch. Yeah, but I showed the pouch recently. Cool oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like I just talked about it in, I think, uh, a stream, uh, the Steam Deck disassembly stream, I think I did it. Right. Julian L., uh, just out of curiosity, would you ever be doing interested in doing an LTT video on the tech behind VTubers and try turning yourself into one? Yeah, I think it'd be really interesting. It, it is pretty interesting. And actually. I think from a business standpoint, it would actually make a ton of sense to get into it. It's really advanced stuff. Like, it's actually really cool. I don't know. One, any chance of products making their way back onto Amazon or was that a one-off? Yes, they're supposed to. In all seriousness, though, the, the Creator Warehouse team is super busy. We have a new, uh, we have a new like logistics person, and she hopefully is going to do a way better job of smoothing out our ordering. So really excited about that. Cool, but it's going to take time. Yeah, and our restocks, right? Uh, Zachary, hey, thanks for making Night Shift great. Hey, heck yeah, Zachary! Nice. Another water bottle for the collection. Any tips for a small tech content creator? I mean, it's the same thing I tell everyone, right? Like, you gotta find, you gotta find your own voice. You gotta find something that you are really passionate about. I think, I think the way the meta is going now is it's less about trying to be a huge, um, do everything creator, 
and more about finding a niche and absolutely killing it. Like Vincent from HDTV Test, for example, just gets so far into the weeds on TV and panel technology that he puts himself in a position where he can get big enough in that niche that if he decided to branch out, he's got this captive audience. And I think that's the best way to gain a foothold these days Absolutely. versus just trying to be another tech YouTuber. People like passion. So if you're super mm. passionate and super knowledgeable about one particular thing, just run with that thing super hard, like Linus was saying. Hey, Linus and Luke, now that most online computer parts places are kind of shady, can we trust PC Part Picker and Tiger Direct for our PC parts ordering? Didn't Tiger Direct like... I didn't know go, they existed anymore. Go down at some point? Are they still a thing? Holy crap, they're still a thing. Whoa. March Mayhem, hot picks. This is because so NCIXy. Basketball has something to do with computers. <laughs> uh, wow. $389 Dell i5 14-inch laptop. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to tell you about that. Who knows? <laughs> um, we don't vet computer shops. Yeah, PC Part Picker, I don't think actually sells anything directly. I didn't I, think they did yeah, either. I don't think I've so. heard very good things about... Mem or, uh, what are they called? Micro Center? Yes, Micro Center. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen too know, many though. complaints about Micro Center. So that's yes. always, I mean, that's really the only gauge we have because we don't have personal experience ordering from any of these US only sites. Yep. And I think that's the end. Thank you guys very much for tuning into the WAN show. We will see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Bye. <laughs> there. Viva La Dirt League raised like two and a half million. That's crazy. This guy's hilarious. For what? The Great Expansion. Bringing it to the next level. Cool. Yeah. Good for them. Wow. Yeah, they are really great. funny. All right. See you later, guys.